That's how I got my wife. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yeah, boy! Mm-hmm. And that's his voice from now on. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, from music video sends, Barrett Share. Bienvenidos. Yeah. Oh, bienvenidos. So we have a big announcement. It's, a lot of you already know about this, but uh, we're going to have a thing called Sin Week in March. Yeah. And uh, and Jeremy, what what can they expect from it's Sin Week? It's exactly like The Purge, only for sinning. Ooh, I'm there. <laughs> and for we've, we've negotiated with governments around the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for a whole week in March, Sin will be legal. That's right. It sounds delightful. Yeah, it, it does, does doesn't it, man? It does. Imagine all the whoring, uh-huh. all the gambling. Okay, so Sin Week is kind of it's kind of two layers. The first the first layer is we're we're going to do basically what I have been calling internally an e-convention. Mm-hmm. Right? So we love Nashville. We did a thing a year ago at a convention that was here, Wizard World. We had some fans show up. Uh, but the idea that we've got fans all around the world, there's almost no way to get many of them collectively together in one physical place. But what if we did something digitally mm-hmm. that was sort of like one of those conventions? So, Sin Week will be this. Instead of two Sins videos that week, there will be five. Five? Five. Five That's fucking videos. Three extra Sins videos. That's crazy. If you are a patron member. Mm-hmm. There will also be, we're going to do some stuff uh, broadcasts that will be like panels from a convention. If you went to a convention, you might see somebody get interviewed, Q&A panel. We're going to do a live podcast recording. So, there'll be an audience there watching Mm -hmm. us do what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. and we'll be broadcasting this shit live on youtube for all of our patrons to participate yeah and you can comment we'll do some behind the scenes stuff but there's also a new exclusive tier on the patreon gold level (laughs) status that's right (laughs) you are platinum patreon members and we're going to open it up for an in-person three-day part of Sin Week here in Nashville, Tennessee, where you'll get to be the audience for these things that we're going to broadcast live out over the web. Uh, you'll get to go do some recreation, like maybe top golf with us. We're going to have a nice meal catered where we'll go walk around and schmooze mm-hmm. and throw things at each other like breadsticks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're going to rent out a theater and go see a movie together, yeah. maybe something like Captain Marvel. Um, but you can only participate in that if you are at this top tier that we've just introduced. What are we calling it? Uh, it the is the perks a, of being a sinflower. The perks of being a sinflower. There you yes. go. All right. And if that fills up quickly or there is enough demand, we will expand that. Right now, I think it's open to 25 people. Yes. So think carefully about this because it's the highest tier. And what, what this tier gets you is access. So all the events will be free. You won't have to pay for the meal we're going to give you. You won't have to pay for the movie we're going to take you to. You won't have to pay to get into these panels we're going to do where you'll be the live audience. But your travel and your hotel, we're not covering. Mm-hmm. So don't. Join this tier if you can't make it here, Mm -hmm. because then you're just taking a spot from somebody who can't and literally throwing money away. We don't want you doing that. No. Uh, So if you can get to Nashville for Sin Week, do we have the dates? Yeah. March 21st through the 23rd of 2019. All right. So this spring, March 21st through the 23rd, if you can be here, right, find a... Find an Airbnb to stay in. There's a lot of them. There are. Uh, there's hotels out the wazoo. Prices are actually coming down on the hotels now because we finally have enough. 
Uh, and then we're going to have three days worth of events uh, that we think will be really, really fun and special and uh, intimate. And little, <laughs> and little known fact, Nashville is the geographical center of the United States. That's it right. really is. Actually, Suck it, Nebraska. <laughs> it's the geographical center of the universe. Yeah, it is. It is. That's so, why it's booming so fast. That's right. So, you know, you there's no excuse. You can't say it's too far because it's exactly as far as anywhere else in the world. <laughs> if you're looking for an excuse, if you if you and your loved ones are looking for a journey, where can we go? Where can we get away? We thought about Nashville. It's a cool city. Now we're giving you an extra excuse. That's mm-hmm. right. Look at these dates. Uh, but regardless of all that, we are super thankful for all the patron members we have so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any who will become patron members after hearing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all we're really trying to do is give you as much cool shit as we can, give you early access to it, and make this uh, worth your while. So if we're not doing that, certainly let us know. And you still, if you go to patreon.com slash cinemasins, our Patreon page, there's still three tiers to sign up for where you get stuff early, you get to vote on the content that we get, you get access to bonus material for the Sincast, mm-hmm. uh, you get to do a live hangout at a certain tier and hang out with us in person, well not in person, but you know via a screen. Yeah. Um, and really cool stuff, really good perks, so we want want uh, a, a big cinema sins family so sign up if you can today and uh yeah we're super excited about sin week yeah mm-hmm. that's gonna be dope yeah Make my, <laughs> make, let's, yay um anyway today we're going to go back on our road trip road trip on the road again the most time-honored tradition of all the road trip oh the places you'll go are we there yet no are we there yet no are we there yet no it's a brief uh, excursion into Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. um, Oklahoma, the list that we have in front of us, I've probably seen maybe half, and it's a small list. Yeah. I've seen maybe half of these, and including one one big one probably that I haven't seen here. But um, we'll start off with, I never saw this, August Osage County. Yeah. Did you mm. ever see this? Okay, so this is the ensemble this is piece. A Julia with Roberts and Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, and then there's Benedict Cumberbatch in there. There's um, what's her? It's not Marge Helgenberger. It's fucking Mariel Hemming. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, all the M's. It's Marsha uh, Gay Harden. Yeah. God damn it, Margot Martindale. Margot Martindale. <laughs> Margo Martindale. Uh, Julia Roberts, Ewan McGregor, Sam Shepard, Julianne Nicholson, Juliette Lewis, Dermot Mulroney, uh, and Chris Cooper. Um, Great cast. Sounds some, like Oklahoma, actually. And then yeah. one of them, some real famous writer wrote this, right? Uh, yeah, it's a play by um, Tracy Letts. Yeah, Tracy Letts. That's right. Who yeah. is also known as an actor, right? And is really good as an actor. Too. This is this is a I, you can very much tell that it's a play. It's not really. It has the pedigree of a love, actually, in terms of like big names in the. I cast. wasn't even sure you knew that's what I was doing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's but it but it plays like a play. It's set in a, pretty much a single house um, where everybody's coming together for the death of the patriarch of this family, and shit goes sideways. Meryl Streep is addicted to drugs. She's kind of the matriarch, and Julia Roberts is her kid, and her sisters all get into different kind of arguments and shenanigans. Benedict Cumberbatch is playing an American dude. That's all like super shy and possibly like in love with his cousin. It's a whole mm. thing, man. I'm waiting for the movie where the family gathers together for the patriarch's funeral and nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. just like, man, everyone's like, it was good to see you pass the potatoes. <laughs> Everything was so boring. <laughs> it's uh, this is a good movie. And I, I feel like it got kind of unfairly shadowed. Oh, really? when it came out. I, I totally avoided this. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It looks like a family fun. holiday drama. It may have actually come out over the. But holidays. you know what? I think 
there is a there's a very real bias here and i know that i like i like meryl streep mm-hmm. but anytime a movie like this comes out and she's in it and she gets nominated i'm like seriously did she really do her best job in this movie it seems like you're just giving her her token nomination again because she's in a movie it and, might be but she's she's uh, she she is to this level as like Denzel is in fences, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's 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 meant to showcase her talent. She's got a meaty role. She's the drug addicted, like loud, boisterous, tell it like it is lady who will say anything. And is she this the one where she's the embarrassing rock and roll mom? <laughs> no, it's no, uh, no, that's, that's uh, Foster J. No, uh, no, that's Ricky uh, and the Flash. Ricky and the Flash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You were just, what you were somehow saying. somehow so, didn't get nominated for that I'm like, there's right. some lines we can't cross um, but she, no she yes it's a vehicle for her to hurt yeah but she's terrific in this julia roberts is terrific in this mm. too understated i like the roles in general that julia roberts has picked as she's gotten older because mm-hmm. you know she was the precocious you know pretty woman type of thing for a while mm-hmm. and then starting maybe right around aaron brockovich you started seeing like she's got some range you mm-hmm. know she's got some chops and here man even like button up right against meryl like she holds her own mm-hmm. and chris cooper's reliably awesome like yeah it's a, it's it's a good movie I'll, I'll give it a chance i think the reason why i wanted to give this a chance was i i think i actually heard tracy letts talking about this and of course they you know i think whoever it was, it was like mark Marin or somebody asked him like what did you think about the movie adaptation of your work and he's like oh i loved it i loved it and everything mm-hmm. and I, I think generally they're going to say that but it did sound like he genuinely loved the adaptation so it would be like and i like all these tracy people, letts yeah it'd be like getting all these people to do your play on stage mm-hmm. and just you know having better cameras i guess because it, it really is set up like a play i'm a sucker for stuff like that mm-hmm. man i'm a sucker for seeing a good movie adaptation of a play that you could see on stage when you see the movie you know did what you mean? see that anna karenina that came out a few years ago no with because, Karen Knightley? yeah because I, I didn't see it either but i read that they had some very inventive setup and it basically there's something about a stage play, the way they shot this, so that I think they shot it in a way that most movies aren't shot. Interesting. But I don't want to just say they shot it to look like a stage play. I think there's something where they made it, like the movie is they're putting on a play of Anna Karenina, hmm. or something like that. There's a wrinkle there. But anyway, I'm I'm should, down with I it. I should really just I mean, stop that's, talking. That's part of the reason why I love like stuff like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, is yeah. that it's essentially a play. It's just expanded into a universe to where... You could see it on stage, which is but why you'd experience more ethereally. That sitcom about like office workers in the DC universe that should have worked. Mm-hmm. That should have worked hard, True. like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of like all these superhero events oh, are going on yeah. over here, oh, but yeah. here's what the interns are doing. <laughs> uh, it should have worked in that regard. Yeah, but and it had Alan, Alan Tudyk too. Yeah, what was that called? I forget. Oh man, it was really he was the boss, right? Yeah, yeah, he was like Bruce Wayne's cousin. It was Vanessa Hudgens was the uh yeah. the 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 girl coming yeah, in there, it right? It was called Shit. Legends of Tomorrow? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You just you just pissed off somebody so bad. Is it is it Doom Patrol? No. no. It is was it... like the normal guys oh. or Man, tech support. I, I, I love that show. Or the first couple of episodes. I didn't watch it, but it's it's kind of the height, the idea of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, yeah, yeah. right? The, like, it's like a 
pun name, like clocked in or typed or powerless, 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 Ah, powerless. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> by the way, yes, you you you've seen the movie. I think I heard. I think it was the. I think it was either Marin. Uh, I think it was the Marin podcast with Tracy Letts on it, where he may have been saying it was Osage County. I thought it was oh. Osage. I, Osage. Yeah, I think it's Osage County. And then I heard Tracy Letts say something different. So I, I think <laughs> whatever he says. So is I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember who said what and how they said it. But it may not be just Osage. It might be Osage or uh, Osage or yeah. So yeah, it's then, Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, on to uh, Dirty Girl. I've never seen this. Mm, sounds th- up my alley. Th- yeah, me too. 2010 comedy. This oh. is a pretty good movie. Really? Uh, this has got Juno Temple as the, the main I like Juno Temple. I like her. Um, and it's, it's this coming-of-age story where she runs away, and she runs away with her, her gay best friend, who's being abused by his father, who's played, I think, by Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Tim McGraw is in this, too. Uh, Mary Steenbergen, William H. Macy, Mila Jovovich, like a, a lot of Brian Bumgarner uh, from The Office is in huh. this. Um it's interesting. It's it's uh, basically a coming of age story with a lot of wit and humor and that kind of thing. Um, not like up to the level of like a you know, edge of seventeen or anything like that, but but really good. Huh. Interesting. Um, then we have uh, Far and Away. Oh, I didn't even remember this was an was this set this in Oklahoma? the Land Rush. Yeah, so they, they come run. from Ireland, Ireland. And Tom Cruise takes his shirt off and then goes Wait, across. Wait, He's got a box first. Yeah. Well, pow, pow, he's, got pow, a, he's, pow. he's boxing his way from Boston I'm gonna wreck all the way to, yeah. to, to I Oklahoma. I haven't seen this movie since 1992. Me oh, neither. Really? Uh, and if you would ask me where it was set, I'd be like, it was Ireland. <laughs> or it was like, you know, somewhere in like, you know, colonial America or something like that. That's the big, that's the centerpiece scene of the movie, right? Is them running through the dirt to grab their land. Well, that's the end of the movie. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the whole climax to where uh, it's uh, Thomas, Thomas Gibson. And oh, that's why yeah, it's shut, that's right. Uh, Thomas uh, Gibson and Tom Cruise have the exact same birthday, by the way. Do they really? Wow. They also look a whole lot alike, except yeah, one which is the weird thing in Eyes Wide Shut yeah. when they when he shows up uh, because he looks a lot like him, and then the girl who's seducing Tom Cruise looks kind of like Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I feel like there's got to be some sort of mirror image thing going on there, but he's uh, uh, yeah, he's a rival a guy from Ireland, uh, and uh, they they are, are trying to get the land rush, the free land thing in Oklahoma. If you have a stake. In this is what the early 1800s or something like that. If you have a stake of ownership, you could go out and plant that stake, and that's your land for however much there is, and it's free. That's how I got my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I was gonna make it. <laughs> For what it's worth, I think she would really find that funny. <laughs> Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it. They say that in Far and Away, right? Totally. You know, with an Irish accent. Mm-hmm. This okay. So it's Ron Howard. It's John Williams doing the the music. Um, it's perfectly beautiful. I you know, Tom Cruise got ripped over the coals for his accent, his Irish accent. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that bad. He's a bare knuckle boxer and all that stuff. I mean, that stuff is b- believable. Um, the stuff between he and Nicole Kidman is believable too. The only problem is like they just get fucked 
every step of the way. Mm. Like they're penniless, so they come over to America. Then they get a, a, a few dollars. Then they get robbed. Then they go to another place. Then they get robbed and beaten. Mm-hmm. Then they get robbed. It's like a series of like, and the movie seems like it's three hours long. I don't know how long it is, but it's uh, it, it's 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 pretty and it's well done, and it certainly hasn't enjoyed like. You know, the successes is other Tom Cruise movies. I think yeah. pe- more people watch Days of Thunder than they do Far and Away. Oh, for I was sure. going to say, it, it's probably not even his best movie he made with Nicole Kidman. No, he made, definitely not. What, three? Yeah, Those I three? watched uh, Cold Trickle and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Cold Days Trickle. of Thunder and, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> and, and Far and, and Away. Yeah, Eyes Wide Shut was the last one, and, and good God, I, I can't only imagine... I can only... Because they... <laughs> I'm sure that's been widely speculated. They divorced like the next year. Yeah. After that movie came out. Like yeah. it makes you wonder how much of that movie affected them. Cause there was, cause even was it Kubrick, uh, kept Nicole Kidman away from him during shooting. Like when she was shooting that sex scene that the imagined sex. Oh scene. yeah. And, uh, like he, so t- Cruz knew that she was like naked with some other dude, like, <laughs> for shooting for hours on end of this sex scene and everything. And like, he was trying to get this whole like negative vibe going on. And That's everything. very Kubrickian. Man, yeah. a lot of our best classic movie directors were manipulative assholes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes they were. Uh, then we have hang em high, a movie I should have seen. And I haven't, this is a uh, very good Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, he didn't direct this one. This was Ted post that directed this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1968. Uh, he he survives. It's it's got a lot to do with that second Buster Scruggs uh, segment with uh, really? James Franco. Interesting. That's he my gets, least favorite. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about this. But like, he gets hung. He he gets he. Uh, there's there's a, a posse that either thinks he's a rustler or thinks he killed the rustler or something like that, mm. and they hang him and they leave him for dead. Mm-hmm. And he somehow survives. A guy comes by and picks him up, very much like the the Buster Scruggs thing. And he's got these these rope burns on his neck the the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and he becomes a marshal and he exacts revenge and all that stuff. This is this is one of those Clint Eastwood westerns uh, that doesn't have any weirdness like the outlaw Josie Wales. Um, that's just like really well done, good story, well acted, good action, mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, then there's uh, the musical Oklahoma, which I have not seen either. I've seen really? that. O k l a h o m a Oklahoma. Which was the uh, the inspiration for Uncle Fucker? Oh, really? Yes. Oh. That whole shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Oklahoma. I did not know that. Yeah. You're a boner the O K L A H O M A Oklahoma. Yes. Um. If I had heard that. I don't think I've ever heard that song. So if I had heard it, I would have known. But oh, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was just on its own. But it's it just was, like how they ripped funny. off Les Mis. Well, that's what I'm that. saying. It's funny. All the other songs are ripping off on something yeah. else. So like, uh, it would only be natural that one does. Yeah. Um. So what? How? What do you think about this? This movie? Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's got uh, good uh, musical numbers, and I don't remember much about the story. It's all about. You Look, know. I'm immediately distrustful of any piece of entertainment that tries to make me like Oklahoma more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same way. Uh, no, you know, I, w- I would probably 
I watched this in my youth back when mom was showing me all the musicals. So Singing in the Rain and The Music Man and mm-hmm. all of these. And so I saw it once. Uh, I mostly remember the songs. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's harmless. I'm yeah. sure it's fine. It's Rodgers and Hammerstein, man. You probably, really can't you know, go wrong probably with a cowboy guys. hat. It's probably a dance at some point. Like yes, a, t- a town, town dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like uh, in Back to the Future 3. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. There's a Surrey. I think there's Fringe on top. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's all. I mean, I, well, yeah, that was uh, like I. I I only know that from when Harry met Sally because <laughs> <laughs> it goes into some Oklahoma in that, in that movie. Um, then we have the outsiders, the uh, Francis Ford Coppola adaptation wow. of S.E. Hinton's novel. And uh, this has everybody who was anybody yeah, like right. who was going to be anybody in the eighties, except for like Sean Penn or somebody like that. <laughs> but had, I know, like, and you could have told me that Sean Penn was in this yeah, and I would believe you. Yeah. Uh, but you had, I mean, Tom Cruise is playing a minor role in yep. this, but Patrick Swayze is in it. Ralph Macchio, C. Thomas, C. Thomas Howell, um, Matt Dillon is the other. Dylan's in there. Matt Dillon, Diane Lane is in mm-hmm. this. Uh, I believe this is a movie that everybody who was like a young actor around this age. Yeah, uh, I'll run it down for you. So yeah, we mentioned C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez uh tom cruise stein lane leaf garrett oh yeah and fucking tom waits is in this too yeah there was uh there was uh i think every every actor of some certain age 18 to 22 tried out for this movie (laughs) and everybody who was in the movie tried out as other people as other characters so like yeah, Swayze going for like uh you know tried out for three different roles or Ralph Macchio tried out for a bunch of roles and everything. This is uh basically what it's um you wouldn't say greasers I guess they are greasers but I guess they are are yeah. they greasers mm-hmm. uh against the rich kids essentially. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like West Side Story without the music. Yeah, it is. And uh at some point uh was it is it is it one of the greasers kills one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then they have to go, I think it's Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell go on the run and then they're like hiding out for a while. And um, so, yeah, that's basically the story of yeah, the and, outside. And they end up uh, saving like a church or a house full of kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, Ralph Macchio, what is his character's name? Ralph Macchio is Pony Johnny. Boy? No, Pony Boy is C. Thomas. Hmm. Um, I took a shot. but yeah so like they they become like these folk heroes and everything but they still have this this dispute with the socks and all that stuff and it's the greasers and the socks and uh and then ralph macho is laid up in the hospital with all these like third degree burns and everything he says it's not worth it it's not worth all the pain and all that shit and that's where you get c thomas coming in there and saying you know we won this fight and everything is like i don't care about that and on his dying words he says stay golden pony boy Stay gold. And then in the next room, Dennis Hopper is listening to the game on the radio, and he gets all excited when they start running the picket fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a book. I read this book in middle school. Um, Did you really? One of the reasons I think so many actors went out for this movie was that I think I was on the tail end of about 30 years of everybody being forced to read this book in school. Hmm. And so it became this this piece of literature that that was like, a touchstone for two three generations and so when i mean these kids probably weren't that much older than me when they made this yeah. movie um and uh i i remember liking the book uh i saw the movie once i remember thinking it was okay i don't remember anything about either one of them really um knives mm. yep uh, leather jackets yeah uh, can't really relate yeah ponies it's a it's sort of, it's a it's a class warfare yep 
basically what it comes down to is it socks or is it soch like the, it's a it's a it's a it's an abbreviation of social or socialite yeah, yeah right? something like that yeah. so aren't they called soches or are they called socks i can't remember i think they were soches could be but um but yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty good movie i've seen it in the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh same year francis ford coppola also adapted an se hinton novel called rumblefish which also has matt Dillon in it yeah and yeah. it's also oklahoma yeah exactly also oklahoma well here's how dense i am uh, so he's working on this at the same time like on his off off days for the outsiders francis ford coppola is like writing the screenplay for this mm-hmm. with se hinton there's so much overlap of this. Like Matt Dillon is in it, Diane Lane is in it, Tom Waits is in this one too. <laughs> um, and it it could overlap story wise. I had no idea that these these movies were even somewhat tied together. I thought they were in completely different years. Uh, but looking at this, because I've seen both of them and I liked both of them, but they seem different in tone because one. One is more about like the family with Rick, Mickey Rourke and, and Matt Dillon and all that stuff. And it's about gangs, but it's a whole different, like almost rural mm-hmm. gang type of culture. I've never you know? seen it. Um, the Outsiders came out in March of 1983, and this one came out in October of 1993. 83. Uh, 83. Yeah. Sorry. 1983. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I guess, like, yeah, as soon as the Outsiders was done, he just went right into this one um yeah it's really good this one also has a great by the way dennis hopper in rumblefish i knew that <laughs> did you know <clears throat> vincent yeah. spano nicholas cage is in this chris penn lawrence fishburne uh sophia coppola is in this Ooh. oh she's probably Ooh. like nine yeah, i was gonna I say, say she's yeah. itty bitty um then we have the biggest movie out of this whole thing is twister yeah oh um oh. twister <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> so so this is this whole this whole plot is a bunch of tornado chasers trying to find the best way to predict tornadoes by chasing tornadoes and throwing in some sort of digital balls (laughs) that will give them information about the rotation and all sort of stuff i don't know how really that eventually you got to get it right up in the hole though you do you got to you got to punch it right up in there there's a lot of that you can't just you yeah. know tangentially it's like uh, independence you gotta day you gotta it, fly up gotta right give it foreplay um, <laughs> you gotta tickle the taint yeah exactly tickle the taint is the most important thing but like um <laughs> the, there's this movie's somewhat uh it's somewhat a landmark type of film though because this was the first, I don't know, this this trailer was different from any trailer I've ever seen. It's one of the best trailers I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Um, so good that they didn't even use some of the footage. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the you know, it was a bunch, it, they'd show the footage and it would go to black. Yeah. And you'd just hear sound and then it would just go, it'd come back up and there'd be more sound and it'd go back to black and everything. And it really got people like really like excited about watching this. Twister is the movie that I always cite as the one that started the summer season in May. This mm. was where we first started seeing summer movies kicking off. Not Memorial Day, but now early May was mm. getting the summer treatment. It used to be they waited until Memorial Day, but Twister came out on, I believe it was actually the maybe the week before. Maybe not the first week, but the like second week of yeah, May. Yeah, 17th. And, um, and so like... Uh, 
it's the it was it's the first time to sort of eschew memorial day as the beginning mm. of the summer then we started seeing that a lot like the mummy came out in early may i believe um and now we see it just now that first week in may is so coveted that all the marvel stuff is coming out on those mm-hmm. on those days um but is so, that when infinity war not infinity war avengers 4 is going to come out yes may first week of may in first fact of i may. think i looked at this a couple years ago marvel has may the first week in may tied up with marvel movies until at least 2020 wow and then i think it i i, I haven't looked since i'm sure they have a 2021 and a mm-hmm. 2022 now uh twister the movie is not good um it's i would agree it's i mean it's i guess it's got some fun and oh it's definitely got some fun yeah Yeah, it's got some fun in it uh and yeah once you're once you're really not taking it seriously you can get in on the bill paxton performance and the the, yeah that is i think we're going in (laughs) joe joe it's not gonna bring him back joe (laughs) oh man his his performance was like nails on a chalkboard the funniest fucking thing in this movie to me is they're sitting there talking about the levels of tornadoes, all right? Uh-huh. So they're saying level one, and then level two, blow your hair back, <laughs> and then level three, oh yeah, but they're joking about level one, two, three, and four, and then Jamie Gertz, poor Jamie Gertz. <laughs> she never did nothing wrong. That's right. She goes, what about a level five? And the whole, it turns into a funeral. <laughs> We don't talk about level five in here. That's the one that killed Helen Hunt's dad. <laughs> They're sitting there just joking, uproarious about the level four that probably also killed people. But once the level five comes in, it right there four. Yeah, exactly. No, should yeah, Bill Paxton should have like turned and been like, "Don't mention the level five. I'll tell you about the level five later in in you know in private." <laughs> oh it's true oh man it's uh for the time though what awesome effects you know yeah yeah you have uh philip seymour hoffman in there jeremy Mm -hmm. davies yeah and now when i saw philip seymour hoffman back in 1996 i did not think oh there's philip seymour hoffman (laughs) it was more like here's this always have one of these guys in these movies like this like oh he's the cut up he's the fat guy or whatever he was the same thing in sin of a woman like Mm -hmm. he was he was that guy you didn't think that he had all of this yeah ability i I remember this movie as the movie where i went oh it's the aaron burr got milk guy yeah do you remember that that milk commercial where the guy had a mouthful and couldn't answer the trivia question who killed alexander hamilton in not a philip seymour hoffman the other the the other the, <laughs> sorry a, yeah the skinnier looking guy with big eyes he's the Aaron Burr, Aaron Burr. Yeah. remember that got milk commercial <laughs> yeah he's in that. twister in like a speaking role he's uh, one of the gang it's like, it's like the guy who plays uh uh sheldon um what's his name yeah i know who you're talking about joey slotnick is that it no Oh well, then Twister, yeah, I think that's what. Uh, but uh, the guy who plays Sheldon. What is his name? Alan, uh, not Alan Parsons. Parsons. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. I was about to say Parsons. Alan Parsons. Parsons <laughs> Time flowing like a river. Um, no, Jim Parsons. Is was, that some Alan Parsons? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any Alan Parsons. Why would you? Um, <laughs> I know them because I did listen to some albums. Um, but uh, no. Uh, Jim Parsons was in a gum commercial 
it was the uh, it was one of those gums that lasts a really long time or whatever <laughs> and he's one of the like people in the back like that's doing the he uh they they said that uh this gum lasts way too long they they're not selling enough because oh, the gum i is, remember these commercials and and uh and this um whatever they're doing studying or whatever it's like taking forever or whatever and jim parsons is the guy who's like uh, i guess they are i guess this gum really does last too long and uh-huh. then, and that's pretty much how that how that that's commercial awesome. went but then he was on big bang theory and that's what everybody knows we just went through we we like make, like people listening to this are mixing up three actors <laughs> philip seymour hoffman jim parsons and joey slotnick yes um, i don't even think joey slotnick is the guy i'm talking about joey slotnick I think so no, he's Joey's, got the big eyes and the. the no, the Joey Slotnick was on a sitcom with uh, Brooke Shields. He was on that, I think. He was on that. Um, you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Desperately seeking Susan. Who? The guy you're talking about is Sean Whalen. Thank you. Joey Slotnick uh, is in. Yeah, I remember him in it because he's a character actor that's been in a million things. He doesn't have very many lines in in mm. the movie. Um, but uh, but Sean Whalen is the guy that. Uh, hey todd field is in it too he's the he's the uh, nick nightingale and i oh there you go and he directed in the bedroom yeah <laughs> weird weird career what a weird career is yeah. uh then next one of my favorite comedies of all time uhf <laughs> um this this movie is as dumb as it fucking gets <laughs> But man, are there so many great moments in it. Weird Al Yankovic, uh, in a starring role, uh, had is, he had, was he famous already from the music stuff? Yes. Okay. That's why, uh, thought. he had, he had already done, um, I believe, in fact, he had already, you know, fat was a big, a mm-hmm. big thing. I think he had done, this came out in 88, so maybe he hadn't done the even worse album yet. This was 89, so I think even worse came out before then. Okay. I'm not sure if it, yeah it, it may have come out just before this. So he had a pretty good uh well-known career, you know, musical career at this point. Um and he was in The Naked Gun briefly <laughs> coming off <laughs> the right. coming off the plane. Like they're not here for you, Frank. Weird how Yankovic's on the plane. <laughs> they're waving everybody with lays on his neck. And um so but uh the the movie is about uh I a guy like his i think his uncle wins a uh a, a, a uhf station at a poker game mm-hmm. and uh he doesn't know what to do with it and his wife convinces convinces him to give it to weird al yankovic's character to run and it's this it's this you know terrible uhf station has no real original programming on it or anything but they start coming out with a couple of shows that obviously don't really connect whatsoever. Um, and they, they try to do this. He tries to do this like Pee Wee's Playhouse or like Krusty the Clown or whatever you want to call it type of show that's on there for kids. And the kids aren't having any fun. And the, the station's about to go about to go kaput. And he basically just gives Michael Richards, who's playing a janitor in this movie, <laughs> free reign to just do whatever he wants to do on the show. So he goes to a bar to drink out, drink all his mem- miseries away. And somehow, in the time that he's walked from there to, to the bar, this show is a huge hit. <laughs> Stanley Sp- Spadowski's Playhouse becomes a thing. And because Stanley Spadowski, as 
embodied by Michael Richards is a like absolutely super fun. You know, he's very kid friendly and everything and he becomes awesome. So that show becomes a big hit. And based on that big hit, they start coming out with a bunch of other stupid shit that somehow I guess become hits. They become <laughs> such hits that they're number one in the market. <laughs> There's like the shittiest things ever they come up with. Um, like uh bowling for burgers and uh and fun with dirt <laughs> um so uh there's a there's a an extended musical parody of dire straits money for nothing uh based on the beverly hillbillies in this uh it's uh it's really funny uh the, the whole thing is is uh, that the, think of the dire straits money for nothing and then uh put in uh the beverly hillbillies lyrics basically <laughs> uh uh and uh it's really good um but yeah it's a movie i'm not gonna wreck a warn i'm recommending uhf <laughs> i haven't seen it in forever UHF, i loved it though uhf is dumb as fuck <laughs> yeah but it is it's it, and especially at the beginning you're you're gonna it's kind of grating at the beginning but like once they get into the stupidity of this movie it's fun yep. it's a really fun there's a lot of like weird like movie parodies in this like gandhi 2 <laughs> uh <laughs> there's a conan the librarian um <laughs> there's a rambo spoof that's really good oh, yeah in this. that's right yeah uh there's like because there's a point in the rambo spoof where the guy's like shooting at him and he's like he's like five feet away and again and, and weird al yankovic who's playing rambo is just standing there <laughs> like he like he you find out that he swallowed all the bullets and then he shoots the bullets with his mouth and kills the guy oh man i can't recommend uhf highly enough weird al yankovic is so fucking smart it's it's amazing how smart this guy is mm. and like absurdly talented like he can do anything yeah 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 super nice guy too i think we've talked about that before though like, yeah he's always asked permission of the artists whose song he spoofs before mm-hmm. he makes it yeah mm-hmm. it was one i think i brought up in a previous podcast where he didn't get permission yeah but he, he didn't get the, denied uh, it right. was that uh coolio uh dangerous mind right yeah mm-hmm. anyway um he's a nice guy but then they said the california is the place yet you want to be. <laughs> um, then we have Where the Red Fern Grows. I am not sure if I've ever seen a movie adaptation of this. I've read this book oh, really? twice. Oh, it's a, uh, oh my God. It is rough. What are we uh, talking about? Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, it's, uh, I've never read it. Never seen it. Okay. So Where the Red Fern Grows is about a guy, a, a, a poor kid in like Tennessee in oklahoma is it oklahoma yeah oh it is we're doing oklahoma (laughs) (laughs) but i thought (sighs) yeah he's obsessed no no it's it's is it tennessee blue tick hounds is that what maybe so tennessee Um, blue tick hounds it's it's a blue tick pup i don't know if they're called tennessee blue tick but they're blue tick there was some tennessee connection anyway yes we are doing oklahoma sorry oklahoma (laughs) sorry um so sorry (laughs) um no um it's about a kid, a poor kid who wants to uh, go and do, uh, I guess, competitive hunting, mm-hmm. and uh, and what he really needs is is really good uh, bloodhounds who can uh, track, you know, the the game and everything. And um, I can't remember how he gets the two uh puppies that he ends up getting i don't know, but I, they end up being like the best fucking oh yeah. dogs oh, yeah. ever. 
Uh, if you uh, know of any, if you know any story involving dogs, you know this doesn't end well. No, uh, no, <laughs> it, it it ends. You think it ends badly, and then it ends even badlier. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, it is, it is not for, uh, your, if it's not for your inner animal lover to, uh, and yet we all read this book, or at least you and I probably read it when I was probably in like seventh I grade or something like that. Young well, when did you watch old yeller? They were doing that shit to you. Oh yeah. I, mean, I was and, like and in this one, in this one, at least the dog, just the dogs just die. Like one dies after being in a fight with a cougar or something like that, mm-hmm. and then the other one dies of a broken heart. Oh yeah. fuck me! But in Yeller, you got to put that shit down himself. But I'm man. saying, man, like I was allowed to watch Cheers because there was beer, <laughs> right. but I had to watch Old Yeller. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on! Yep. Oh my god! Uh, I, in the in the in the book, do both of them attack the cougar or the mountain lion or whatever? Is it both of them? I, I, They're both trying to protect know. him, right? And he and they do yeah and of course uh, they, die, yeah, in the they die in the process and everything fucking dogs spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, but it, it, all you have to do is is know the name is called Where the Red Fern Grows. Yep. And you see dogs are in it. You know where this is headed. So is the red fern, it's like blood spattered all over the fern? <laughs> it's, it's exactly where it grows when they bury the dogs. <laughs> yep. So a red fern is a real plant? Yes. Okay. I guess in this book it is, at least. Yeah. Now- I I really I really like this book this book. Oh, it's super well written. Re- yeah. And the just, movie is actually good. We watched this in school after we read the book. But prepare to cry. Yeah. Prepare to cry. Yeah. Uh was it uh was it Wilson Rawls who wrote the book? Wilson Rawls? Yeah. yeah they I can still the see that on the cover. Too. Yeah. Prepare to cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go down this list that I up until last week did not know it was Barrett hadn't seen them yet movie. <laughs> I just really looked at that heading as like, I just skipped that heading every time. I just thought they were just movies that, ah, uh, maybe, I don't know. I didn't read the fucking heading. <laughs> I don't have time to read your goddamn emails. Uh. Just like skimming over this shit. I've got too much shit to do. <laughs> uh, bringing up Bobby, I've never seen this. Uh, apparently, uh, Famke Jansen, I'm going to say Jansen this time, directed. She directed. This have you seen, this may be like right up your alley. Which one is it? uh bringing up bobby it's a 2011 drama it's directed by famke jansen and has mila jovovich bill pullman rory cochran uh marcia cross premiered at the national film festival oh, wow. it looks like something that like a mila jovovich is a mom that is trying to single mom trying to raise her her, her son she gets in trouble so it goes over to bill pullman and his wife and that kind of thing that's it does sound like something that i would watch but no i haven't seen this yet Oh. Uh, then there is Bug, which is a William Friedkin directed. I'm sorry. What? For the soundtrack of, of Bringing Up Bobby, the Flaming Lips recorded a version of Amazing Grace in Ukrainian. Mm. Mm. The fuck? Well, she is Dutch. <laughs> that's, that is, that's right. That's correct. What the fuck? Uh, well, I'm sorry. I just, that's, <coughs> well, what do you expect? They're Canadian. Oh, there's. Oh, okay. So the original film. I'm sorry. The original film score was Junkie XL. Uh, the soundtrack includes a cover version of Proud Mary sung by Mila Jovovich in Ukrainian. Oh, wow. What a weird Is fucking she Ukrainian? thing. Oh, I thought she was Russian, but maybe so. You mean they're right next to each other? Mm. They sure are. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. whole thing. She is American. 
Well, she was born in Ukraine, so fuck you, Wikipedia, American. Yankopedia. You don't say Ukraine is weak. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that's wild. I may have to check that out, actually. Yeah, maybe so. Anyway, go. Um, Then we have Bug, which is a William Friedkin-directed movie uh, with Michael Shannon and Ashley Judd in it. Um, Seen it. Yeah, and it's it's fucking crazy it's pretty it's pretty fucked up um is it good so uh, so this these couple like gets into a motel room and breathe like some like early signs indicate that at least i think ashley judd thinks that she's being eaten by this like parasitic bug of some sort hmm. we can't see the bug but her paranoia starts to starts to infect uh michael shannon and so by the end of this movie they're both like just they both swear that there's like you know a bug that is eating them alive Hmm. and they're going crazy um uh doesn't harry connick jr show up in this yeah he's like i think michael shannon and her only meet at the beginning of this movie and harry connick is like her abusive boyfriend oh okay uh but i watched it kind of regretted it not so much like it didn't make me puke or anything but it was just like yeah creepy gross don't really understand is it kind of gross well they're they they cut themselves open yeah they think there's bugs in their skin and they're trying to prove it imagine what imagery that a movie like that will show you Mm -hmm. i mean take away the fact that it's got ashley michael shannon and harry connick jr in it and think more like you know dirty grimy no that's the reason i haven't seen this that christina aguilera dirty video think that yeah (laughs) Screenplay uh, was written by Tracy Letts, by the way. Yeah, I was about to say this was based on a play. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, and I was about to say, I I think this might be another Tracy yeah, Letts. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, is Tom Waits in it too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things you never know. I mean, I think you do know that there is no bug, but they think there is, and and they go absolutely insane. Do you uh, like it? I didn't like it. I don't mm. think I liked it when I watched. Now I haven't seen I haven't seen it since, and I could I could have a different appreciation for it uh, now. But you might I saw it like literally three months ago and didn't like it. Okay. That doesn't mean that you would not like it as well. It's not like we're identical people here. I'm but saying, I didn't mm. I didn't like it when I first saw it, and I and and I, I just have I think I have in general I have a problem with movies that do that whole is it real or is it not type of thing a lot of times and. It, it it i i don't find that interesting a lot of times hmm. that whole it 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 that's a broad brush no because sure, yeah, there's, there's other there's a lot of movies that i would say i do like under that but uh but it, it's one of those it just depends on how it how it plays out in the movie a lot of times and it's one of those where it's like i don't think there is one but why are we pretending like there is or like there isn't or whatever or like there is this whole time or whatever Mm. like i don't i don't know it's 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 kind of hard to put into words it is kind of a gross movie yeah yeah Um, like the non-dream vision parts of sucker punch mm -hmm, right (laughs) oh okay oh yeah uh then we have the dark at the top of the stairs this came out in 1960 i've never seen it the dark huh why don't you just turn on a light God damn. Yeah, right. It ain't that hard. I know, but maybe in 1960 you they couldn't didn't, you couldn't light the stairs. They didn't have electricity. Yeah, this got uh, a couple of Academy Award nominations for Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and a Directors Guild uh, Award for. There's a there's Delbert a Man, very comely uh, uh, woman uh, on the IMDb picture. I have never heard of this. Seven point four on IMDb though, mm-hmm. and it was in Oklahoma. Well, yeah. All right then, there you go. That does uh, it. <laughs> 
Have you seen this? Uh, then we have Into the Storm. Have you seen this? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So first of all, why? Why? Why did you see this? Because it was on. <laughs> because I like that girl from Walking Dead. Which one is? Isn't it? that girl from Walking Dead in this? She was in Prison Break. Oh, Sarah Wayne Callies. Yeah. Is she in this movie? Yeah. That's why I watched it. Sorry. Oh. Oh. Okay. Any redeemable qualities nope. at all? Nope. Do you, you like disaster throw, movies? At you all? could take the rocks monkey from Rampage and put him in this movie, and it would improve it. The rocks mm. monkey. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's bad. I haven't even seen Geostorm. Geostorm's better than this movie. <clears throat> it's like uh, they made all the choices that even Roland Emmerich is too good to make. Dude, this and Geostorm had the shittiest trailers. In terms of CGI, yeah. cheapness, like everything looked oh, awful. CGI is bad. This. It's just, it's just, yes. Well, <laughs> it looks like a bad sci fi. You movie. know, the movies like Twister leave so much of an, in, like, I don't know if an indelible mark, but they leave a mark that when you come out with a movie called Into the Storm, even 18 years fucking later, it still seem it just seems like a ripoff right. of that movie. It doesn't feel like enough time has gone by for some reason because yeah. it's there's not much you can do with fucking twisters and shit. Yeah, exactly. There's not much yeah. other than just like let's just destroy shit again. Yep. Well, then then in 2012, uh, let's three twisters in L.A. at once. Yeah. Oh, that's even dangerous. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's just uh, yeah. You can't. They're gonna have to give the disaster movie a little bit of a like uh break for a while before that get comes back just, think. the problem is they just keep thinking more is better more is better bigger is better bigger is better when really they just it's the same that's the same thing that diehard suffered from was that that they need to go back to a smaller disaster a disaster can be disastery without you know stretching across the entire fucking globe i know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be an earth killer for it right. to be a disaster movie. yeah like we won't be we won't be excited if it's not the whole goddamn exactly. world <laughs> exactly oh the global warming is here and every single human is in peril great i'm, I'm actually tuning out more now right exactly. right uh then we have leaves of grass is that based on walt Whitman? Uh no, it is. Uh, it, this is a weird. This is a. Stoner How do you movie. call something leaves of grass? It's a stoner movie, right? Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay, I don't think it is. Is it, it a stoner be. movie? Yes, it is actually. Rival marijuana dealers. Okay, so this is directed by Tim Blake Nelson and written by Tim. Blake oh, Nelson. I fucking saw this movie th- like two weeks ago. It's Edward Norton in two roles. No, I didn't see this movie. Okay, it's Edward Norton playing twins. (laughs) You didn't see this? Okay. I remember the trailer for this. It's Edward Norton playing two roles. Richard Dreyfuss, Susan Sarandon, Carrie Russell, Tim Blake Nelson, Melanie Linsky, uh, Steve Earle, um, Ty Burrell, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Like, there's a ton of people in this fucking movie. Jeez. And I've never heard of it. I remember the trailer. You remember the trailer? That's it. Jeez, I didn't know Because I remember being intrigued by Ed Norton playing twins, like, two versions of, like, two different characters i guess that i guess it's getting to the point now where marijuana comedies or whatever are they it's impossible to name anything yeah uh, that's true without you know i mean everything's been done now mm-hmm. so now we're gonna go and just take walt whitman's fucking book <laughs> and just like, yeah leave the grass what is like, he talking about the, there the, the next whitman the <laughs> next stoner comedy starring dave Chappelle will be called how green was my valley yes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly right uh then we have silkwood this is a mike nichols uh movie directing meryl streep 
uh, about uh, n- the dangers of nuclear waste and uh, and everything. Really good movie. Ooh. This is sort of uh, this is uh, based on a true story. Uh, workers who are exposed to uh, uh, like awful levels of radiation and everything, and don't have any any laws to protect them and everything. And Meryl Streep is the person who's trying to get better regulations at the plant. Uh, she was the actual person was killed. There was never mm. any. Uh, I don't know if there was ever any investigation into it being a murder or anything like that. And the movie does that careful thing at the end where it says there was no evidence that this was a murder or whatever like that. And we we don't want to accuse anybody of murder. But they pretty much the movie pretty much says she's, mm. I think she was run off the road or crash you know a car crashed into her or something like mm. that. But uh, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those type of movies. Someone uh, wants to get better regulations out of thing. We've seen a bunch of these type of movies. Silkwood is very good. You got, I mean, that's a that's a heavy hitter right there. Heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. Mike, uh, Mike Nichols and Meryl Streep, and yeah. uh, and uh, there's some other people who Kurt were, Russell's in Kurt there. Kurt Russell, and yeah. Share. Yeah. I gotta tell you, I'm kind of not happy about Share because Share can just drop in to anything and be fucking awesome. Like I think she got nominated. She got nominated for this. And she got nominated for Moonstruck later yeah. on. Like, she can just, oh, I'm just going to act. And and she does it, like, at the top of, of everything. And then, oh, I want to sing by myself. Oh, no, I want to sing with Sonny. Or, like, and then she she fucking kills everything. And not just to get nominated for New Moonstruck. She won for Moonstruck. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, Craig T. Nelson is in this. I want to wear a thong on stage with Turn Back in Time and Big Hair. And I'm going to be copied by drag queens for years to come. Fucking share. Um, oh, it's it's not a nuclear plant. It's a plutonium processing plant. It's the same sort same of deal. Ra- ra- radiation is the is the big issue and everything. But uh, uh, it's really good. It's uh uh, it's one of the I I wouldn't have expected to like this movie. And every time I like I do have this Meryl Streep bias where I'm like she's mm. not in anything that I like. I don't like Deer Hunter. I don't like uh you know. There's a lot of like million of movies that. And but this one always comes up. I'm like, oh yeah, I really like mm-hmm. this one. the The cover of the co- the video cover of Silkwood is basically her her final days. Yeah, yeah. She's like looking in the rearview mirror. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I would recommend Silkwood. I gotta check that out. Uh, then there is uh, Thunderstruck. Oh um, no, not not based on anything ACDC, huh? You seen this? No. no. Okay, so it's Kevin Durant. Okay, as when he's with the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? And there's a kid who uh who tries to hit a half court shot or something like that, but in the process he uh he he sucks in Kevin Durant's powers, his basketball powers. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! How does this happen? Is there is there like an electrical like is, is there, there like a voodoo like lightning Kevin, strike him? But then Kevin Durant starts being shitty as a basketball player, <laughs> <laughs> and so like and he and the kid like makes his middle school team and shit like that, and he's like doing behind the back pass, and uh, and then he, oh, so they have to arrange where he and Kevin Durant do a <coughs> swip swap thing and. Yeah. <coughs> Did you did you see this recently? Because it's, this is under your not seen list. No, no, no. I've just read about it. Oh, and, okay. And I've, I've I've seen probably clips here and there from it. Uh, it's it it's it's it has to be struck by lightning or something. You can't really be thunderstruck, but you can you can be struck by lightning for sure. And like, but I don't know how you're struck by lightning while inside. I tell you what, man. These uh these basketball players. So you got Shaquille O'Neal's done at least two movies, right? Yep. Uh, 
LeBron James has done train wreck, and he's probably well, and been. Shaquille's done at least three because he did. Uh, sh- he did uh, Kazam. Right. He, he did blue chips. Oh, and he, he did. did steel. Uh, he did steel. steel. Oh, okay. Uh, and then you've got Uncle Drew that just came out. Yep. You got Space Jam. You got Thunderstruck. Like there's there's Eddie. There's fucking yeah. forget Paris. Like there's there's always going to be some sort of he got game. He got game. Mm-hmm. Some sort of like NBA Hollywood overlap yeah. and then you get shit like this man mm-hmm. just, it, yeah, it's just and that's why we're what are expecting a space jam with lebron james well, yeah. they, they announced that shit yep. yeah so uh you know that's coming out yep. sign me up uh too young to die <laughs> 1990 question mark yeah. yes there is uh, tv movie that. with juliette lewis and brad pitt who were in a movie called california with a k uh, that right. came out in 1993 but they were in this three years prior yeah have you seen this no. uh, i have not um yeah well i think they were too young to die to be honest with were you. they yeah, they probably were i they mean were. I, i'm answering the question there's nobody else that's been that's really I mean nice. in 1990 I would say yes Juliet Lewis was probably like 16 something about drugs and prostitution but I'm going to go ahead and say they were too young to die Juliet Lewis was definitely too young to die she was 16 Brad yeah. Pitt was probably oh 20 he was old enough to die 3 something like that he's just on the cusp of being like old enough to die I'll tell you what that California movie I like that movie yeah yeah i yeah. saw it come on the other day i was really? watching uh watching pieces of it i, I hadn't seen, hadn't seen it since it came you know who's out. great in that movie ensign row <laughs> what michelle forbes oh, uh, she was ensign row on Star okay Trek to Next Generation. all right i was like i was sitting there going oh yeah i don't know that one sorry i can't catch a reference uh, uh yeah. i had a michelle forbes thing for about a hot minute oh i like michelle forbes a lot swimming with sharks man yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. um yeah. Uh, then we have this is rounding us out. Where the heart is the uh, oh. this is the Natalie Portman pregnant uh, gives birth in a Walmart, Walmart baby. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Ashley Judd is in this, and I think Susan Sarandon and yes, uh, Dr. Channing, Ben Ben Foster? Foster, not Ben Foster, Ben Forbes, Ben Ben something with an F, Ben <laughs> British Ben Ben. <laughs> Ben, there's no uh, Sally Field. I think is who you're thinking about, not Susan Sarandon. Oh yeah, because there's another movie that Ashley Judd and Susan Sarandon are in, and it came out around the same time. And oh what was yeah, that that's called? anywhere but here. Anywhere but here. They um, were about the same movie, except Natalie Portman's not pregnant and gives birth in a Walmart. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you Stocker could do Channing, a double feature of those two movies and not know which was which when you were done. Joan Cusack, James Frain, Dylan Bruno, Keith David. That's funny. Sally Field. I don't see any Ben's. Rufus? Huh? You might be thinking of anywhere but here as well. <laughs> she's, there's like a library dude, book guy. Let me look at this. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> Forty. So J- that was the guy I was thinking of was either a Ben or a Rufus. Yeah, so, I was wrong. Yeah, anywhere but here had Natalie Portman and Susan Sarandon. Mother and daughter search for success in Beverly Hills, and then, uh, then yeah, where the heart is came out like was it months later it was the same goddamn year it was one was 99 and the other was 2000 but i think they were very close like uh so where the heart is was 2000 april 2000 and then um anywhere but here 
November 99. Oh, and I believe they had posters that were similar too. had same color palette and everything. (laughs) So like I have, I've gotten those movies confused forever. I'm even surprised that I got the plot right (laughs) of where the heart is, uh, because they're so similar. Wow. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I I don't remember much about that movie. I saw it. (laughs) I think, uh, you know, giving birth on the Walmart floor. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the movie that happened in real life. Like a girl ended up in a Walmart in real life, probably in Oklahoma, gave birth, and they found out like the next day she or the next week she'd been living there or whatever. It was, hey, somebody, let's, let's make a movie out of that. Oh and yeah, I forgot Ooh, about that. She she like waits until the store closes and then gets like food and shit. Yeah, she's like walking all around. Like it, there's actually a, a pretty funny sequence where she wakes up before the employees get there, and she like puts the alarm clock back at its packaging and puts it back on the shelf <laughs> basically tears down her living space yeah and anyway. then uh jennifer Connolly and frank whaley start skating around in the store <laughs> and uh and frank whaley falls in love with jennifer Connolly. that's <laughs> the greatest all right so that does it for oklahoma yeah uh there's a few good ones in there mm-hmm. uh what would be what would be my favorite out of this it's either silkwood the outsiders or uhf yeah, I need to watch UHF again. I would encourage people to watch August Osage or Osage County. I think yeah. that's a that's a I may have to watch that. It's got some comedic elements to it. It's got some dramatic elements. It's got terrific action. Just to, just add it to the five hundred or so that I've been told that I need to that's see. That's right. Um, you know, like last week we said we were talking about Take Shelter, and it was like a movie that I was like, yeah, no, we need to see this or whatever. And of course, somebody came on and like, you got to watch Take Shelter, man. This is a great movie, and it's about it's mental health and everything. It's got Michael Shannon in it. Oh, with Jessica Chastain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh so yeah i will watch it i'll watch it at some point get off my back yeah they took my uterus that's right (laughs) (laughs) was that an outtakes that was an outtakes oh my god yeah out of context oh Um, man oh man oh man man so you want to recommend some stuff let's recommend totes amazeballs they're great it won the academy award oh for what for best movie ever made what do you what do you 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 lead the charge here because you you swooped in and stole buster scrug from me twice now in the email chain and i want to hear what you have to say yeah so i'm going to recommend the ballad of buster scruggs but i'm probably going to like it about 13 percent less than jeremy does and i don't know about chris uh because this okay so this movie isn't a movie necessarily it's an anthology Mm -hmm. essentially and that to me is off-putting and not off-putting because it takes each vignette takes its time as it should and sometimes it's such a jarring stop start that it takes me a bit to to just mentally get back into that frame of mind or get into this new frame Mm -hmm. of mind not to say that that's to the detriment of the movie. It's exactly how they set that up. But there are some that are super short, or maybe there was one or two that's super short, and then there are some that seem like they're interminable. Mm-hmm. And there's some that I I think go on too long, that are a little too self-indulgent. Mm. But overall, I think I love this movie, if for nothing else other than how fucking beautiful it is. Mm. It is gorgeous. God. It is gorgeous. I was certain that it was Deacons again, because that's what the, that's who the Coen brothers use all the time. But they, they used a guy named Bruno Del Bonnell, hmm. 
who did Inside Lewin Davis for them. Oh, yeah. But he's also more known for Amelie, and um, he's uh, did a long... Uh, Along Came a Spider. Very long, yes. Along Came a Spider. Let's bring that fucking movie up again. Uh, a very long engagement uh, and oh. across the universe. Oh, wow. Uh, he's done those. Uh, so I, I thought for sure watching this movie, it was Deacons, but mm-hmm. it, it, this guy is obviously really good, too. Yeah, when the, where the most deacons is is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That it gets for me is that old prospect of the Tom Waits mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. There are, there are shots in there where you just, it feels fucking fake. Yeah, yeah like, it's exactly. It's so pretty. Yeah. It feels fake. What did you think overall? Uh, I really liked it. I know what Barrett is, is saying here. Uh, I don't think I disliked any of the stories. Uh, I love the Tim Blake Nelson thing at the beginning. Yes. Started uh, off with a fucking bang. Yes. Nope unintended like yeah started off beautifully yeah uh the tim blake nelson thing is good um i really liked the uh the zoe kazan story that happens like towards the end mm-hmm. where she's they're going on the wagon train to oregon basically the oregon trail um and uh and then i really like the liam neeson thing uh the liam neeson where he's uh He's like got this guy who has got no arms and no legs who's performing for a like sparse group of people every night and everything. And this guy just does the same monologue every night. And then, you know, he starts like not getting the, the customers anymore towards the end. But uh, what's the ones? What are the other ones left over that I haven't mentioned? There's the one at the very end. The wagon. Yeah. The coach, the, uh, the, the five people in it. The mm-hmm. coach ride to death i guess that's what i think that was supposed to be right yeah that was the vibe i got Mm -hmm. but then the prospector's the other one that you the prospector and the james oh the prospector one one. yeah yeah mr pocket now the liam neeson one is by far and away my favorite Mm -hmm. why 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 that's my least favorite um a couple things i like the way it's edited um especially the last sequence where it's showing it, it just shows him doing a line from the speech and then it shows them packing up and then it shows him doing a line from the speech and then it shows the crowd getting a little smaller than the last time and then it shows him a line from the sp- and sometimes it's the same line i saw a man yeah. and then he'll do like a different <laughs> and he'll be doing like a bible passage the next time the way that it's chopped up together right there is exhilarating to yeah. me yeah yeah i could see that and then the the reason i love it is the the cold fucking logical brutality of it Mm -hmm. that that he if if you can look at it from a purely business standpoint he makes the right decision yeah 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 um i'm not saying you should (laughs) but if you look back there's no there's no real relationship between them there's no interaction they don't have conversations together like, no, and I, I think that's why I don't like it that much. Because he's, he's so cold and unfeeling. I was going to say, he never, I don't think he ever viewed that guy as a person. It's yeah. called, the segment is called Meal Ticket. It is. So, yeah. It I mean, is. Basically. But, um, by the way, that actor is Dudley from the Harry Potter movies. Like oh, the really? Portly cousin. Yeah, it really? makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No shit. Um, and not only has he lost weight, he does a great job in this. Um, I, I just think it's so fucking brutal. Yeah. Because the, 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 the anthology does, uh, first of all, almost no one comes out ahead. The Prospector's really the only one who kind of wins. Mm-hmm. And even he's 
half dead anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? You're the whole the whole movie is about uh, is you know you once you get through the first two, which is uh, the the Tim Blake Nelson and then the James Franco one, um, you start realizing that everybody you see here is screwed. Yep. Like everybody is going to have their their moment, and I think that's the point. Like mm-hmm. death is clearly, I think the the central theme along all of them. Oh yeah, um, and I just like the I just like the ride. The only one that doesn't really move me very much is the James Franco one. Um, and yeah, it, maybe it's because I don't have the background knowledge of this Clint Eastwood movie that it's hinting at, and it's um, so fast. Yeah, it's, it's a really like, quick one. It's really quick. Um, and and you know it doesn't hinder anything for me. And in a weird way, if you took it out. I think it detracts from the whole, even yeah. though I don't like it as much as the other ones. There's something about them all together, um, blemishes and flaws, the ones that run a little too long or aren't quite as good, that makes the whole something. I've, I've, I've watched it three times now, and I don't know why. I don't. There's almost no Coen Brothers movie I like that much. No Country and Hudsucker Proxy are the only ones that I ever like. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch that again. I want to watch that again. I want to watch. But this one, I just I'm drawn to it. I'm not sure why. But, but the Prospector and Liam Neeson, those are the two I like the most. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one to me is is all of when you described this to us uh, originally. You were saying it's the best parts of like Hudsucker and No Brother yeah. or Art Thou and all that stuff. And I think the first one in particular. Is that is is perfectly that because you've got the music, you've got Tim Blake Nelson really just like hamming it up, especially on his what is his, his horse Dan or something like that, and you've got that beautiful Monument Valley mm-hmm. that he's walking through or riding through, and what's what you always have to remember about the Coens is how shockingly brutal they can be. Yep, and in this glamorized cowboy western thing where it looks like a spaghetti western basically and then he starts shooting people's fingers off and shit like that and like real shit starts happening you're like oh or when he's the clancy brown thing where he's in the fucking table awesome uh it's uh it it makes you think it makes you think about the hand that he was how much you think david crumholtz got paid he may have done that for free. He may have. Yeah. He may have. He has like the one line, yeah. and he's only in like one scene. I would imagine it was scale, whatever yeah. you yeah, want. Probably He'd just be like, yeah, put me in this. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that first one had everything yeah. for me, and then I love the pacing with the second one. Uh, by the way, James Franco is just turning into a really good actor. I know mm. he's got business and stuff right. like that. But he's just a really good well, actor. It, it, there's something to be said for somebody who has done everything, man. Yes. Yeah. He's, you know, that period of time where he was going to NYU and taking classes and being in a soap opera yep. and uh, just Making take, experimental 20 minute films. Right. In black and white. Doing yeah. all that, which is that, is that where all the business came from? Was the, those experimental 20 minute films mm, that he was doing? I have no idea. I just know of one but, incident that was reported. But, yeah, he's got one allegation. But yeah. like, uh, but there's something to be said about somebody who does goes through all those rigors like that. You, I, there's nobody probably on this earth that has learned more about acting than he has. Mm hmm. And he, um, he's he's stoic. He's stoic in this vignette, but he's not, I don't know, like you could still tell that he's got some personality and some zip and that kind of thing. Well, it's my least favorite of the there's six of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when he turns at the second hanging to the old man who's crying and says, first time, yeah. Yeah, that may be my favorite beat in the entire anthology. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, great. So, yeah, I just love it, and I'm glad that you guys at least enjoyed it, and it uh, doesn't sound like you loved it. Thir- what, 13% less? Yeah, and I, I, I want to watch it again, because... 
God, everything is so fucking that gorgeous. That prospector, man. I just love watching. I feel like, and, and obviously it cuts, but I feel like we get to watch his whole process. Exactly how he goes about doing what he does. This just happens to be the one where it works because the gold is there. Yes. But like him cutting a little bit over here and cutting a little bit over here and cutting a little bit over here. And how he calls it Mr. Pocket. Yeah. And then when the guy shoots him in the back. What's he call him? A measly skunk? I don't know. Yes. You measly skunk! Yeah. He says it like three times in a row. I just, uh, everything about that is great. I just, I want to, I want to live in that particular You're right. valley. That's one that goes on for a long time, but doesn't seem like it goes on for a long yeah. time because yeah. it's methodical. He goes through and you're, and as a viewer, I'm like, oh, he found gold in that first dig. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, throws yeah, it out in the room. Like, what the fuck, he dude? doesn't even want to keep those little yeah, tiny ones. Exactly. Almost big enough to start keeping them. Yeah. 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 And then <laughs> eventually, it didn't have nothing important. <laughs> yeah. It's just crowing <laughs> yeah. to everybody. And you can tell, like, there's some heart in that one where he doesn't take all the owl's eggs. Well, and you. I love that venue. You get the idea that he's been doing this his whole damn yeah. life mm-hmm. yeah. and like most old prospectors he's never had a big score yeah and that's why this one is so important he's not he, he will not let that go. no but, I, but, but why would he yeah. oh man i love that one so much i would say there's four very strong for me four very strong stories the the coach one at the end probably would be my fifth mm-hmm. and then yeah the the robber one just because it's so short and doesn't give us very much as far as character everything has got to be last i mean it lasts for what a good six seven minutes maybe that's it super short and uh but the 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 tim blake nelson's probably my number one i also think of that liam neeson one very highly i love the zoe kazan one Mm -hmm. that's the probably the biggest the longest one that's in there um, there's a lot of layers to that that's one. That's so yeah. great because you're like, the, the the entire time it's like, here's a thing that will probably kill her. Oh, wait, no, here's another thing that will probably kill her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wait, there's now seven things that will probably <laughs> yeah. kill her. Just the way it plays out, I think I think they're just messing with expectations that entire story. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that they take a left where anyone else telling that story would have taken a right. Yeah, because they start off at like the dinner table. Yeah. And then like, they yeah. somehow end up like in this field you know against a bunch of like charging native americans and stuff like that and like how you get from there to there is just this serpentine crazy love story slash gruesome action scene what's the name of the dog this. president president pierce, president pierce. <laughs> <laughs> i gotta watch this movie what's i'm gonna watch it again is that we think of like we think only modern Americans are dumb enough to name a dog after a president, but no, they probably were doing that shit. But all, it was probably a Pierce fan. It, put the president yeah. in there, in the name, too. Yeah. It's not yeah. just Pierce. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's the one that I thought was the probably the best acted out of all of them. Uh, just, uh, and I mean, it was just one of those where I really got i really got involved with the characters in that one and it gave you a lot of time to do that and everything and even the guy who doesn't say anything until towards the end you know he's he's a great he's just yep. great and i'm sure some of these actors that i saw were covered in beard hair and stuff yeah. and i don't even know who they are <laughs> um but i probably seen them before had you seen zoe kazan in a lot of stuff like yes. i guess big sick was the she's only in thing the big really. sick she was in revolutionary road oh, okay. um she was in she's in a couple other things that i've seen 
but uh, the first time I ever remember seeing her was Revolutionary Road. I th- what was she was she DiCaprio's like it was like a first wife or a girlfriend or something in Revolutionary. Saw this last year, but I don't She's remember. Oh, in that so. I'll be watching it again soon mm-hmm. for no reason. She's really good in Big Sick. I didn't even realize that was uh, that was her from Big Sick. Um, until yeah, much she kind of she can. She, oh, she was also in. Uh, she's also in for very briefly. She's in um, uh, the Deuce. The Deuce. Yeah, yeah, she's James Franco's wife in that. Oh, oh, interesting. Like wife for you know as as long as she's in the show. Well, I think this is a recommend from all of us. For Jeremy, it would be a, a big recommend, I assume. Yeah, it would be a pretty big recommend on my part. Too. I think it's a big recommend. You should totally watch it. Netflix, man, you've, you've got me. You've got your hooks in me. I'm going to watch Roma at least once, probably 15 times yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So it's a, that's, it's all, that's all of our recommend. That's right. Now, now you guys have some other stuff. I do not have any other stuff. Actually, I, I do. Uh-huh. But I cannot. I do not want to talk about it here. Okay. You want to do a recommend? I was looking at pictures of Zoe Kazan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a record warn. <laughs> you don't even have to cut that. I'm willing to leave that. <laughs> um. I have a record warn and a warn. I want to talk about both, but I won't spend a ton of time on the record warn. This is a movie from the 80s called The Star Chamber. I'd never heard of it. Hmm. It's got Michael Douglas in it, and he's a judge. And he's a judge who gets fed up watching criminals he knows are guilty go free on a technicality. Hmm. And he gets recruited into and joins this like underground court of Illuminati judges and cops and rich people. And they each get a turn every week to bring a criminal that has gotten off before the board and they throw out the file and they list the, the crimes and then they very, very like James Bond hush hushy around the table. They go, guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty. And then they have this assassin on on staff, apparently. Sure. They don't ever meet with him in person. It's done through a middleman and they send the assassin after this guy. He kills the evil person and righteousness prevails, right? And so I walk into the front room where my wife is reading, and I'm telling her about this movie. And I was like, they want to remake Lion King. Remake this fucking shit right here. (laughs) You get me Tom Hardy as a judge who's tired of it and goes out into the night and starts killing people on his own. I like it. What's it called? Called the Star Chamber. Star Chamber. But I also, it's predictable as fuck, because I said to my wife, now I'm going to go back and watch the rest. But before I do, I'm going to tell you exactly what happens. He's going to bring that criminal I saw in the beginning of the movie that got off in his courtroom to this bully court at night mm-hmm. and present that criminal then he's going to have that guy killed and find out after the fact the guy was innocent all along mm-hmm. and then probably the assassin's going to come after michael douglas that is literally exactly what happens <laughs> the rest of that movie <laughs> so it's a wreck of warren in the sense that i had a really good time watching it is a solid concept that was that was a hook enough to keep me watching uh and michael douglas is always good like how 80s like mid 80s late 80s or what do you think mid to late 80s came out in uh 1983 and um and uh 
remember a couple of weeks ago when we were when uh, uh, Jeremy said he was going to go watch 2010 instead of 2001, mm-hmm. which is directed by Peter Hyams, who did Time Cop. Yep. Ah, and he this movie. did this movie as well. So wow. you're you're a certified Peter Hyams fan. <laughs> I am. I definitely. <laughs> you're right. That's a good. Uh, that's uh, ripe for remaking. I could totally. Yeah. No. It. I mean, I just feel like there are cool concepts. That would be a nice remake, but the remake train is all about name recognition now. It's all about, well, you remember the title of this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to, we're not going to remake an obscure movie nobody even remembers from 1983 because mm-hmm. there's no pull. Yeah, anyway. I agree. Those are the ones that should be remade is those ones that nobody remembers at all. I mean, and- you, you think of this day and age where we actually have vigilantes out there and militia groups and whatnot. And, you know, when you think about taking the law into your own hands, I just, I think that's, that's a ripe idea. Yeah. We also don't want to encourage. <laughs> well, no, I'm not I'm saying. Yes, yes. Yeah. In a movie. It's a movie. Not in reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Do you have another wreck warn or a warn? I have more of a recommend than a wreck warn I originally put this as a wreck warn but I think I really like this movie. It's a movie... It, it it's on the movie platform that I know we we talk about a lot. This is not an advertisement for it, but it, it was found on there. It's a Dutch movie called Borgman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chris saw this. Right? I did. Uh, okay, so this movie is f- fucked up. Yeah, but but fucked up in a good way. Yeah, it is a psychological it's... thriller bordering on horror without really any nastiness or anything like that Yeah, i'm actually trying to think is there any there there are horrific images but not i don't think any gory images no i don't think there's any blood very very little blood if yeah yeah um it is about uh, a group of people led by this one this one guy uh that is rustled out of their their environment they're almost gypsies Hmm. and the the one of the main guys uh comes to this middle class upper middle class house uh, with a family of five or something like that, uh, married couple and three kids, and knocks on the door and says, "It's dirty and ratty." And he's like, "Can I take a, a bath? Can you can you help me out? Uh, I've just been like kicked out of my residence." And so the the husband originally initially says, "We can't do this. Like I'm about to leave for business or whatever." And the guy is super persistent to where he says he knows his wife. And he's uh, he knows her name, and she was his nurse when he was sick in the hospital and that kind of thing. And the guy eventually, the husband, ends up beating this guy up and thinks that's the end of it. But the woman, the wife, takes pity on him and uh, puts him up without her husband's knowledge in their potting shed. From that point on, I don't even want to say much more because mm-hmm. it goes in directions that you would both predict and then not predict Mm -hmm. like it it, if you had plotted a a path for this movie i think maybe 0.1 percent of you would come up with the plot of this you definitely probably (laughs) wouldn't come up with this one um i guess there's i mean there the the main thing you'll be doing throughout this is what are they up to Mm -hmm. what is him and his cohorts what are they up to what is the the end game in this you might not get any answers yeah, and you can come up with some fun ones. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and it's it's purposely, I think, left ambiguous. the 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 reality of the situation is left very unambiguous. You know exactly what happens mm-hmm. and what happens at the end, and what happens with the 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 people that that make it to the end. But the reasons why? Yeah, you don't know the purpose or what the the characters on either side are doing next. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a point 
yeah, there's a point where you think you know exactly why they're doing these things and you don't know how they're doing it because there's some things in there like what in the fuck how'd they get that to happen um they 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 get some of this stuff and you're like oh okay well this is this is gonna be that's you know these guys are gonna take advantage of all these you know people here and everything and then times that they could take advantage of them they don't yeah 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 (laughs) you know it's like they're interested in something different than what you would think they were interested in yeah this is something I don't even know if if Americans would would reboot this. Um, I don't know. A, if, well, if it got rebooted here, it would they would definitely give a a plan of action that would you know that we would know what this was about. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's something that would be a really good thriller slash horror movie um, as a remake, even uh, in English, but. Yeah, I don't think they would they would take the chances that uh, they do in the Dutch version, hmm. and it's it's totally worth watching. Hmm. Um, I think I think you would enjoy it. This is this is just freaky enough, not bloody at all, not that kind of horror movie. It's more of a thriller, like mindfuck type of hmm. thing. Um, hmm. Very very good. I'll tell you what I don't like in a horror movie. Yeah, and, and this sounds like I'm going to attack, but I'm not. So I was watching Drag Me to Hell yesterday because you guys had raved about it recently. And when the old lady with no teeth gums her chin and pukes green liquid on her, on her mm-hmm. face, that's what I don't like in a horror. Mm-hmm. I don't like that either. I don't like that. I mean, I know why it shows up every now and then, but that's what I'm like. I actually literally changed the channel after that. I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm going to dream about that shit now. Yeah, um, man, I was so giddy watching this movie. I'm going to rec- I'm going to warn this movie. i was so giddy because i thought i had another law-abiding citizen situation in my hands Uh and this movie is batshit insane but ultimately just not enjoyable the way law-abiding citizens bad shittery is this movie is called the next three days so i'm I'm, we had uh thanksgiving with my family Mm -hmm. um and we were all staying in the same hotel and uh, one afternoon we were taking a break because that's what you do when you're with your family Mm -hmm. and so my wife and i were in our hotel room and i was watching this movie and I went, hmm. She said, what's that noise? And I was like, that's the noise of a guy who knows movies, who's watching a movie with Russell Crowe and Elizabeth Banks in it, and I can't tell what I'm watching. I should know what this is. And so I kept watching. Mm-hmm. And it starts out with them at dinner and one of his coworkers. And you get the sense Elizabeth Banks is a little jealous of her. And then it cuts to them at their house and the cops show in, bust down the door and arrest Elizabeth Banks for murdering that woman. Oh, and you're like, what? What's going on? It's moving very, very fast at this point. And then Russell Crowe goes and has a meeting with Liam Neeson, who I did not expect to be in this movie and who I believe never shows up again Mm -hmm. um, to learn about breaking out of prisons, because Liam Neeson is basically Sam Jackson from the end of Out of Sight. He's woken out of a bunch of prisons. And so Liam Neeson gives him advice. You're going to do a lot of money. You're going to need passports. <laughs> You're going to need so whatever. <laughs> and, uh, so he's going to need lots of money, right? And he's mm-hmm. got some. But then, the oh, no, the cops seized it because oh, yeah. his wife's a murder suspect. By the way, they have a little boy who they try and use for heartstrings here and there. But mostly this movie does not know what the fuck it's trying to do. So then he finds out they're going to transfer her to a different prison after he's done all this planning to break her out of this prison. Um, But he needs extra money to get the plan done in a hurry. Uh And he goes to like rob a bank and at the last minute decides he can't do it. And you're like, oh, moral conscience. 
Instead of that, he goes to a drug dealer, follows the drug dealer to the stash house, and murders him and steals his cash. (laughs) (laughs) And then he kills the drug dealer's friend for trying to stop him. This is not good. Uh, No. (laughs) So then he... He learns via YouTube how to break into cars via with a tennis ball. Uh huh. With a tennis Don't ball. Don't ask me. He heats it up and jams it on the lock. That apparently does the trick. <laughs> I'm I'm too afraid to try this on my own vehicle. <laughs> and he finds out the schedule of the delivery truck that brings back test results for patients with diabetes. His wife has diabetes, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. The most convenient diabetes in the history of all films. Yes. So he while that guy's inside he of one building, he breaks in and plants a report that suggests his wife's levels are off the charts and she's about to die so that the prison nurse will get the report, panic, and send her to a hospital. Uh, the face you're making right now is the face I was making watching the entire yeah. film. Um, so they send her to the hospital, and that's when Russell Crowe makes his move. Barges into the room. His wife is like, what are you doing? This is insane. Now we're both going to be in prison. She doesn't buy it, right? You're thinking moral conscience, right? <laughs> no. Five minutes later, she's convinced and she goes along with it. And now they're on the run from the cops. There's a sudden detective who shows up two-thirds of the way through the movie and then is persistently tracking them the rest of the way. This fucker's not been here the whole goddamn time. And the whole time, I think they're going to catch him, right? Yeah. No. They get away. (laughs) Movie wants them to get away happily ever after. I'll tell you what else is bewildering about this movie. It, It got a wide release. It was in 2010, which means I was working in movie theaters and it probably came to the theater that I was working at. I don't remember a goddamn thing about this. Oh. Paul Haggis wrote and directed it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, was this pre-Scientology rift or post? No, this would be post. Yeah. Post. Uh, I think Paul Haggis got out of it in like early 2000s. Yeah, something like that. God. Uh, but, Paul uh, uh, but yeah, you have uh, Russell Crowe, Liam Neeson, Elizabeth Banks, Olivia Wilde. Yeah, Elizabeth, Olivia Wilde suddenly shows up. She's literally just there so he has somebody to drop his kid off at when he goes to do crime shit and it's olivia and it's olivia they cast olivia wilde in that role the uh the 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 movie made 21 million which is obviously not a lot of money but it seems like a movie that i would remember (laughs) and i don't and i didn't see it it, you know whatever and uh uh that's crazy uh thinking about a movie like this that somehow just went completely off my radar yep, and mine too and i think that's what's so fascinating about the this day and age that we live in <laughs> where we definitely need to stop shaming people you haven't seen such and such There's too much fucking content out <laughs> no there kidding. to even remember it all let alone see it all uh i would not waste your time here unless you want the what the fuck experience but unlike law-abiding citizen i don't think you're going to be giggling throughout this <laughs> the next three plus it's got one of those like boring ass titles sure does. that is completely that could, could be they that and body of lies could have switched titles and both <laughs> movies could have played exactly the same way does it happen over three days do you think uh well the next three days or body of lies next three days uh, uh no that t- the title is that he finds out they're going to move her three days from now ah. so he's only got the next three days to act on his plan but the movie actually shows you a great deal more than three days mm, tennis ball huh tennis ball all right yeah yeah try that on the music neighbors. the music swelled made it seem like it was like a real thing like you heat the tennis ball and then you put it over the lock and you hit it with your hand and the door opens yeah <laughs> paul haggis man what the fuck i don't know man there was a period of time where paul haggis could do no wrong i know man 
Then and, he made this movie. Yeah, I think I, I think I think uh, in the Valley of Ella is the start of the end of Paul Haggis. Oh man, that was uh, a rough did, watch. Was that a terrible watch? It wasn't terrible. No, it's, not it's just that it was. It wasn't. It, up was, to... it was just towards. The, you could see that there was like, all right, he's getting to the point of being way too important or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm going to call this in the Valley of Ella. Fuck you. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ella, by the way, not Ela. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hold on, I got, I got one more warn. Okay. Or I got a warn. Okay, so <laughs> I remember seeing trailers for this. Destination Wedding. You remember mm. Destination oh, Wedding? Is this the Keanu one? Keanu and uh, Winona Ryder. Uh, Winona yeah. Ryder. Yeah. Okay, so it's on Amazon Prime. So it was like 87 minutes. Oh, yeah. That, couple, that couple will... A couple of likable <laughs> folks. You don't understand how much that will suck me in sometimes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Movie seventy five minutes. I'm watching it, <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's a, it's a. I watched the trailer a few times. I don't even know where I saw the trailer, but I don't think this got a super wide release either, mm-hmm. uh, because it it came and went. This was 2018, so I guess it was earlier mm-hmm. this year. Um, it was in August of this year in oh, Germany. Wow. So I guess it maybe it went straight to Amazon Prime. So Keanu and uh, and uh, Winona Ryder doing like a before sunrise, before sunset, before noon, before Yikes. brunch, whatever it is, type of thing. I don't think that's a terrible idea. Who's that? Someone who's in Destination Wedding just ran across. Oh, the she's thing. the uh, she's the bride. Yeah, mm. it's funny. I'll tell you why I didn't recognize her. So this is all every word of dialogue is spoken by Canoe or Winona. Mm-hmm. It's it's just them. They are put in different situations where, like, they'll interact with the the bride and the groom. They're going to a wedding, mm-hmm. and they meet at the airport. They don't know each other, and they get into an argument at the airport. Uh, then they get on the plane, very small commuter plane, and they're seated, seated right next to each other. They find out that they're going to the same place, a destination wedding. The groom mm-hmm. is her uh, former fiancé, mm-hmm. and Canoe is the groom's estranged brother why would so, you invite your former fiance to a destination goddamn wedding okay so this is this is one of the things that they have one of the topics of discussions in their witty repartee here's here's the movie you guys saw barry right mm-hmm. yeah the the tv show yeah you remember like uh when they get on stage and they do those two-man acting exercises yes where like one person's talking and the other person you're taught to listen and react to that person talking and then boom you're lying and then that other person is reacting and listening and doing all these facial expressions and stuff like that and then boom line boom line boom line that's what this whole fucking movie is uh. it's it's literally keanu saying like these words of dialogue that are much too verbose for his character um that are just spat out with no feeling with no nothing behind them mm-hmm but just read off of a page. And when you remember the, the, what was the award show where they won for stranger things and somebody was talking and she was making these bizarre facial expressions. Might have been the golden globes, golden globes. Where oh, like, uh, I've seen the, the, she's like the gift with oh, pizza floating around. Ah, yeah. That kind of, this is her facial expression when Keanu is talking is like puzzled, quizzical, and then line, yeah. then back and then mirth, quizzical, puzzled line mm. that's what it is so i was about to give up even at 87 minutes i was about to yeah. pull the ripcord on this but there's in the middle of this fucking movie there's a sex scene in 
uh, the, 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 the wilds of, of uh, wine country mm-hmm. after they've been chased by a mountain lion. Mm. That's the unsexiest sex scene ever because the, everything is so fucking stilted in this movie. They're literally sitting there with a glass of wine or they're standing there with a glass of wine or they're next to each other in an airplane seat. But in this one, they're fucking. And then they're doing this dialogue as they're fucking. And for whatever reason, <laughs> she acting puzzled and shit. Yeah. <laughs> acting puzzled, quizzical, mirth, orgasm, then back to puzzle. Yes, <laughs> but at least it gives them something to do, yeah. and it makes it fine. Yeah, there's there's really no reason to see this movie, but there is one funny part. So one of the character traits, uh, Keanu is playing this this guy that's like a like a businessman with no heart. Um, he can't understand people and everything, and so his character trait is that he sits or he stands alone in his room letting like cable news pundits that are talking each o- over each other like wash over him and he's just listening to it and he's just listening to it and you can tell he's a psychopath basically where he's he's got it on cnn or fox news or something like that maybe all of the above and it's these people talking about politics over and over and normally like he just sits straight ahead and he stares straight ahead and that's it and then there's one point in the hotel when they get to the wedding where he's cleaning out his ears and everything and he's he's watching and he's listening and he goes wrong <laughs> and that's it <laughs> so there's just tiny uh, things in here it's amazing keanu reeves uh in the in the past oh i don't know five years has had a big comeback with john wick and john wick too and aside from that he's had stuff like this and knock knock yeah. you know where he's just like i'll just be able to act however i want to doesn't matter you know <laughs> oh man just fuck it guys this this movie is this movie is is i i can't describe how awful it is while not being terribly awful mm. if that makes any sense yeah i'm not gonna watch it no don't watch it but it is it is there's there's some funniness in there yeah uh you want to do some do, questions do some Q&A? question question i got something to say I am listening. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear everybody's opinion on this. Better trilogy. Quote trilogy. Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout, or Born Identity, Supremacy, and Ultimatum. Alright. I love this question. I do too. Um I I'm gonna go Mission Impossible on this mm. one. Now, if we first off, Mission Impossible has six movies. Yes. And born the Born series has four, well five. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jeremy if, Renner's in both of them. <laughs> yeah, oh wow! Yes, he is. <laughs> um, but uh, so the worst of all of them is Mission Impossible Two. Like if you were to get all oh, the movies yeah. in there, Mission Impossible Two is the weakest that Mission Impossible gets, and then Mission Impossible Three right after that. The Born Mission Impossible 3, yeah, is the one. No, that it's, it's got to be. I like it better than you, but it's still. Everything else is better than yes. that movie. Yes. Um, so then the Born movies, the, the first three are all pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Ultimatum is kind of a retread, though, of supremacy. You really don't need Ultimatum because supremacy is, is pretty much does all the work. Uh, the Born Legacy is okay, and that last Born movie isn't very good. No. Uh, so I, Mission Impossible has the most exciting set pieces, the most, uh, the most, uh, things that you talk about later. Born is, is in general very well made. And, you know, your, your action scenes are really tense and, and, uh, really well shot and everything. There's nothing compared to that stunt work that's in all the Mission Impossible movies, all the different set pieces. 
all that blows Bourne away, I think. You know, Bourne's got the better story, though, right? Because the stories in sure. in the Mission Impossible movies are way secondary. They're, they're, uh, yeah, Everybody's they're, getting and, disavowed. And they're getting absurd, more absurd. <laughs> yeah, they're always getting disavowed. They're, uh, there's there's some sort well, of agent coming after them. If you really if you really want to get how ridiculous Mission Impossible is getting, it's like how more disavowed can you be? <laughs> right. <laughs> And how and how how do you keep how do you keep finding more and more like like you know depots full of weapons and computers and just everywhere that, are, man. That, that you can just find all the information that you need at well, a moment? Well, and he's known. been on the outs with the government since, since the, the first, first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't mind the next one. They were just like the CIA is cool with you. We're not. <laughs> it's been like twenty two years. All the villains in this movie are outside the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's a no-brainer that Mission Impossible, if we're just narrowing it down to these three movies versus mm. these three movies, Mission Impossible wins that every day of the week. Uh, and I have got to be one of the strongest born supporters that exists. Yeah. Um, and what you said was so right, and I hate how right it is, that Ultimatum is ultimately unnecessary yep. because it is a better movie than Supremacy in terms of action beats. That Waterloo station in the beginning yep. of Ultimatum is the best thing in any of the Bourne movies. By far. Uh, the problem is, those three Mission Impossible movies each have at least one set piece every bit as thrilling as that Waterloo Station and mm-hmm. Ultimatum. Um, and they just keep coming at you. Um, and they're all, they all have a distinct personality. Um, on the one, on the one end of the spectrum, Ghost Protocol clearly has got Brad Bird's stamp of fun, mm-hmm. uh, and whimsy. And then the latest Mission Impossible, uh, Fallout, was it Fallout? Yep. Um, is just it's like balls on film do you have this yet it came, no, it out, came out today today <clears throat> it's like he's got his his foot mashed on the accelerator and then the, and then rogue nation is almost the perfect split between those two on either side of it in terms of it still has that dash of whimsy and fun but it's also showing you some balls that yeah. it didn't show you before and paramount has got to be like throwing everything at them to keep making these sure right? because I mean, I know I know Paramount's got a couple of things going for them, but uh, other than the Transformers, not a lot, right? No, um, that's the that's been their problem the past yeah. decade. Is- and so, not only are these movies making bank, they're badass, they're awesome, and everyone in the industry respects the hell out of Fallout. Um, again, I wouldn't be surprised if McQuarrie ends up with a nomination, just as just as a tribute, just as a we all know you worked harder than anyone else this year. But a directing we, uh, yeah. nomination, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the way it should go because I think it's. It's a weird thing to say. I think it's a better director performance than it is a movie, mm, right? I, yeah. Like, it's a better technical feat than it is a complete movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to watch that movie for the Alec Baldwin scenes or for the uh, the repartee between Henry Cavill and Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and everything. Or I'm going to watch that for the fucking helicopter or scene. Or the Sun West Bentley. Or the Sun West <laughs> yep. Bentley. Yep. I'm going to watch that for the helicopter scene, the motorcycle scene, the dive the god damn how yep. many of these there's so much yeah. in that i want to see that movie right now mm-hmm. um rogue nation is interesting because rogue nation i think is the the most forgettable one for me now you've got obviously the the plane scene and you've got the opera house scene mm-hmm. yeah. beyond that i'm sure there's a ton that i'm forgetting but like it didn't it didn't hit me the way the ghost protocol that i've seen many times and uh and fallout who have only seen once 
have have hit me and like what really lodged in the that you picked out on Rogue Nation there? In Rogue Nation, it was the plane scene with him on the side of it and then the opera house. And scene. there's also the big uh, underwater thing. Oh, that's the right. Hold your breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, you can't argue with that. But, uh, but yeah, there. I mean, it, th- if there's anything about those movies is that it's easy to sort of um confuse those three that just came out the three latest ones like you could come up with scenes that were in right. one or the other they're kind of interchangeable um because there's really not much you know there's really not much that sets that in any particular plot that they put it sure in. yeah but again like you said you could also do that with supremacy and mm-hmm. ultimatum yep. too um so yeah i think we're all in agreement that mission impossible that Series of three is better than we all love the Bourne original trilogy, but I think Mission Impossible. Yeah, the question as presented, I I think Mission Impossible wins it. A major criticism of the new Harry Potter universe film, which is Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. (laughs) Is it Grindelwald with an L? (laughs) I never. I will never get it. It's Grindelwald. I bet you it's Grindelwald. I actually don't care. It's like, uh, what is a Grundle? Isn't a Grundle like... You're cradling the balls right now with your hand. That's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Grendel. It is Grendelwald, but... Uh, you were thinking Grendel and but then Beowulf. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the criticism of the Fantastic Beasts 2 film is how it's mostly set up for the next one. That's interesting. We haven't seen it yet. Um, I've heard similar comments made about The Empire Strikes Back and even uh, the MCU, especially the last movie. Um, in, the, in your opinion, when does that kind of storytelling work? When does it not work? Empire Strikes Back is an interesting uh, bring up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, d- does it do nothing but set up Return of the Jedi? It certainly does not only do that. Yeah. Now, does it does it stand on its own? Would you know what's going on without the first one? And uh, I don't think so. Uh, would you? I don't know. Like it's it's one of those movies, right? it does it does have some sort of uh your enjoyment of that movie may depend on you have seen you you having seen star wars Mm -hmm. uh i don't know of a of a middle chapter other than maybe the dark knight that has has so much other stuff going on for it though like the thing about empires that it's got so many other little it's got so many plot points and this is the empire basically saying this is how we're going to win and that's why you know it's the empire strikes back it's boba we're gonna get boba fett on han we're gonna we're gonna darth darth vader wants to put luke in the in the car the cryogenic freeze or whatever Mm. he wants to put him in the carbonite freeze uh, and he wants to take him to the emperor and he wants him to be on their side. He wants them to go to the dark side and all that. So he wants to get Luke on the dark side. He wants to get Han out of the way and he wants to get all the rebel, you know, he'll, he figures the rebels will be, will be, you know, demoralized by all of this. And then he's making deals and behind the scenes too, with some of their allies or there there would be allies. Um, and it, I don't know how much, I mean, it does set up Return of the Jedi, but there, the thing about Empire Strikes Back is that there's so many unbelievable revelations in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so entertaining on its own that I don't know if it's just a mere setup. And that's where I think it works, uh, better than your typical setup. The one you brought it up, 
in the email, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One, yeah. is a movie that is all set up. There's nothing to that at all except the first act of a movie of mm-hmm. a long movie. That's where it fails. Where it works is when you have Empire Strikes Back and you're giving lots of stuff to the audience, saying this is some things. To, these are some things to chew on. Uh, even though it might be something that you'll have to will only be able to resolve in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it. I think if you make something that is a sort of setup to another chapter, you have to give the audience just a lot of things that don't require that that aren't just setup. Mm-hmm. And that's why Infinity War works for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, Infinity War gives you so many things, even though it is a lot of setup to the next one that comes out. There's a ton of things. Yeah. One could argue too many things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is a, it's a long movie. Well, and I, I decided to phrase it this way. Obviously, we're all just sharing opinions here. There's no right or wrong to this, but. Except uh, for yours. Yours is wrong. (laughs) If the, if the movie has what I can recognize as a beginning, middle, and end, I don't really mind if it ends in a cliffhanger or is setting up another movie. Mm-hmm. So that's this is why Infinity War I think ultimately I've decided works for me as as a movie and not actually well. Um because it does have a beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. It's just that because we know Thanos's story is not over, mm-hmm. it feels maybe like more of a cliffhanger um like Deathly Hallows. But mm-hmm. but uh, the other one I just thought of while we were sitting here talking, and this is probably sacrilege, is uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think, even under my definition, would qualify because there's no beginning, middle, and end there. It's just they start on a journey, they get a third of the way through it, and credits roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of bad <laughs> shit happen along the way, but there's no, like, ending. There's no, no like victory even small i mean fucking gandalf dies they oh the elves gave him some bread but no boromir turns on right at the very end they get it it's like ah no that's that's well, not boromir a- dies at the end of the first one right yep. that's what i'm talking about yeah they, they the same things have been said about two towers as well and even i agree but i also think two towers somehow stands alone as a movie better than fellowship does yeah, definitely but mostly because of that helm's the, deep yeah yeah because mm-hmm. we get that that at least feels like a a temporary ending mm-hmm. a conclusion of some kind fellowship gives us none of that yep so. yeah it, it literally is all ramp up although yep. isn't that how the original talking oh, yeah. went it it wasn't that he wrote three different books he wrote like a whole big story and like, wasn't it in some magazine or something like oh, that or know. whatever? I don't remember if that's how he did it or not. I think he wrote the whole thing at once and then they split them up into three books and that's how we got it that way. I think could be completely hmm. wrong about hmm. this, but well, when I read the books, it's certainly the books were that way too. I read fellowship first and it ends right where the movie ends. And then I was like, well, shit, I better keep reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I think in the books, like they, I think the whole she lob thing happens in two towers and all that. And then they, they include it in return of the King instead. I think you're right. Now that you say that, um, they, she lob is that the, the spider. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, that he, that he moved it to return of the King because, uh maybe there wasn't like a a big showpiece to put in there until the very end maybe. well plus frodo almost uh, dies in the first one anyway yeah so you don't want to have that 
beat again. I but guess. yeah, I think that's how I, ultimately these these movies have to work, right? They have to have something that you can grab onto that's not just set up for the first. If you if it plays like Act One of a long movie, then that's that's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then if it, it but if it seems like it's got a lot going for it, and you're really excited to see what happens next and everything, then then it's then it's doing its job well especially the the middle part of and i think that's what kind of the heart of the question is a like the part two of a three-part series Mm -hmm. so like the dark knight you mentioned before you don't have to see batman begins nor should you see dark knight rises afterwards (laughs) Mm -hmm. to adore that movie right because it it has a perfect beginning with the heist and everything doesn't have anything to do with batman you see batman later on uh you know when yeah, you don't have to know that the the Wayne Manor burned down or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You just know this is where he's at right now, yeah. and the way that it ends ultimately is on a cliffhanger, I guess. But like, that's but I'd be fine not seeing any other Batman after that. Right? It's sure. a cliffhanger that totally just en- it's an ending. Yeah, it's, it's an it's an ending that you could accept mm-hmm. uh, for the entire series if you wanted to. Absolutely, and I <laughs> I think you should. Um, the other one, which is kind of a surprising thing, is. Uh, I loved Hunger Games Catching Fire. Hmm, I thought that that was a very, very good second part. I Actually, I think I liked it better than the first one uh, because I think that does have a story. Now, it's ludicrous. The whole thing is ludicrous. It's the Tournament of Champions and stuff like that. Yeah, Survivor All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, Survivor All-Stars. But that makes sense sort of in the universe to me, more so than just picking somebody, selecting, you know, randomly out of a hat or whatever. Um, so I think, I think the action's good. I think the, the, uh, this is Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think everybody's really good in this and it does end, I think, on a very exciting cliffhanger, mm-hmm. um, to where I know we're toppling the government and all that stuff mm-hmm. now. But you've also undercut like one of the most powerful entities in this universe. And the resolution, I think, is ultimately a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But that whole, We've got a chance here is, a, I think, a really cool cliffhanger. Right. Now, I don't like that movie at all, mm. but I think it exactly what we're talking about here does what it's supposed to do as far as a second chapter is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, the thing about Hunger Games I don't like is just the fact that the whole thing becomes about toppling the government right. and everything i feel like just keep them in the hunger games man i want to see these people suffer i don't i want to see them play games i don't want to i'm sorry i'm a sick fuck i want to see them play the game i don't think there's anything wrong with the game inside that movie you know that's uh that's uh, those people don't exist in real life you know um but uh but yeah that's the you're exactly right i think that movie does do does do what the good job of a second chapter where it's not you know Oh, it's just building up to the the third one. Yeah, right. and it doesn't because well, and then you then you get Mockingjay Part One. Yeah, and then you get the whole reversal of yeah. this whole thing yeah. where you get Mockingjay Part One, which I don't even recall that much. That's almost all set up, isn't it? Yeah, them planning and plotting and yep. doing all this stuff. There's all, no almost like, all Part Ones are like that. Yeah, the the one that was brought up in the email. Did you bring it up? Kill Bill Volume One. I did. Yeah. You brought it up. Kill Bill. Now, see that to me was not that can't be set up that's not set up no i mean the reason that i brought that up is that it's interesting that she only gets through lucy lou and vivica fox and vivica fox yeah so she's got like three or four more to go before or including it's bill the shorter movie 
and and everything and yeah they had they ended on a pretty good ending there it's a cliffhanger uh, totally i agree um uh you you do need to see part two though yeah it's not one of those that ends on its own yeah where like oh well i'm totally satisfied with that you know that ending like bill's still alive yeah, bill's out there yeah fine. <laughs> yeah uh, all right <laughs> the, whole, is, like, the whole thing is called kill bill um uh, but uh but yeah, like I mean, I, you know, he obviously was supposed was supposed to make that all into one movie, and then mm-hmm. they split it into two later. But um, that one I think does a good job too of finding a good spot to stop it, and then and then it gets the more talky part two version comes up, and even though there's more deaths in it, mm-hmm. well, I think, uh, I think more I'll... more main deaths. The yeah. first one's gonna top the record for. I all think the th- ultimate answer to this question is Shawshank because it's all it's right? all set up for Shawshank too. It is. <laughs> it you, is like there's well, no ending there. There's that, build, 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 and end and stop. There's that whole thing with them on the beach. What happens with them on the beach <laughs> afterwards? Are they gonna run Do like Rocky and Creed? <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely going to run they're going to be like hugging each other he's going to be in like a little belly shirt like yeah. jumping up and down oh Yay! hell yeah and there's going to be like a thing where they almost punch each other and it'll stop <laughs> ding ding um <laughs> i know uh but yeah 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 i i think oh, we've yeah. answered this question in some way yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well uh that'll do it for this week uh keep going to uh syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh cinema sins twitter reddit uh there's a lot of uh, soundcloud there's a lot of places to come find us and uh comment on this very episode we also have a patreon we talked about that that's earlier. right uh become a member become a part of our family we've only got fun. four months till sin week that's right mm-hmm. sin week is gonna be awesome yes. I mean, i mean seriously five sin videos mm-hmm. that's gonna be a lot of work the yes, idea is. is three extra sin videos should be worth a few bucks to most people yeah if they are fans and and we want to be able to give you a blowout week of five cents that's right yeah so uh that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and Reddit, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Wow. And so I'm sure there's a lot of connective tissue that, that needs to be trimmed up between the chapters, and I'm sure there's stuff that I like. I actually initially wrote in chapter 20, because I was writing that on Tuesday, but on Wednesday I was writing chapter 12, and I just casually referenced it again, even though I yeah, yeah, linearly yeah. I had not brought it up yet. And so then sure there'll be some like point where it's like, why did you write the entire Gettysburg Address in chapter 14? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, my wife is an excellent filter. At one point, uh, my main character had a dream, and in that dream there was a talking horse. That's gone. Uh, there was a baby murder. That's gone. Um because my wife was the the voice of reason. You can't kill a baby, Jeremy. <laughs> did, did so? Did someone know what baby tastes like? <laughs> no, no. But I, I, when I was the writing it, I wanted best. I wanted the dream to have like this horrifying imagery. Uh, and I just I just went way too far. Mm. But having somebody read through it, so uh, there'll be some of that in there that the editors will get to that my wife missed. I'm <laughs> sure. Kill the baby. It's like in Devil's Advocate where she comes up on the baby playing with her oh, ovaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's nasty. Yeah.
That's nasty. Let's talk. Let's uh, dedicate the entire two hours to talking about Devil's Advocate <laughs> again, again. Oh my god! Hey man, I'm telling you, hey, it's true that that movie like is un- unexpectedly just like what the fuck it's did so, that? It's so many layers. Yeah, what the fuck did it come from? <laughs> it he took my uterus, Kevin. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the line. Take <laughs> everything from me. I hope so. Oh, I think that's terrible. it, isn't it? She, uh, yeah, he, took, so. he took her uterus. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah. she says it so matter-of-factly, but crying, he but took, matter-of-factly. He took my uterus. He took my uterus, The devil's Kevin. uterus. God. I think she's demonstrated enough times, because, I mean, her regular accent is pretty fucked up. Like, South African, right? Yeah, I don't mean fucked up. fucked up. Like, I just mean, <laughs> I don't mean like fucked up. Like, she should be ashamed. I'm just saying it's strong and unique. Yeah. South African is a very distinct accent, and even if she's not completely nailing the southern accent, she's still doing American pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah, she does. Uh, let's see, she did British really well in Atomic Blonde. Yeah, yeah. South African is kind of fucked up because you never know. Because there's, it sounds vaguely Australian, vaguely British. Vaguely like Dutch, Dutch. You know, I can never like uh, Ernie hate Els. The Dutch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Dutch friend. There are two kinds of people that I don't like in this world: people who don't have respect for other people's cultures and the Dutch. Uh, it's Austin Powers. Uh, gold member. Gold, it, is it gold member? Yeah, it's the one with Michael. I thought Kane it was the spy who shagged me, but um, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know because Michael Caine's in both of those. Is he? Yeah, because yeah. gold members like hello Austin Powers and Faja. Yeah, I, I, oh, it would, it would, it would be, it would be gold member then because because <laughs> he wouldn't have said that Dutch thing if it wasn't for gold member. Right, oh, because right, he's right. a Dutch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Faja. I'm glad, Faja. We, I'm glad we talked ourselves into that. Yes. Boy, what a waste of Michael Caine. Oh, uh, well, there's more than one Michael Caine in, like, in that movie. Yeah, he's in like 200 movies. There's a lot of movies that can say that. That's how true. Many, how many credits do you think he's got? I'm going Honestly, to, no, go ahead. I, you I'm, can say a number. My guess is it's 130. I was going to say yeah. he's probably a lot more like um, Samuel L. Jackson. Well, sure. I was going to go with the other guy, but. Gary uh, Oldman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suicide kings christopher walken he's more like christopher walken than you realize in the sense that he he probably says yes a whole hell of a lot more than he says no he's in a lot of shit movies just uh, popping really? up is uh numbers 170 so I, nice oh, so all right I bracketed it there i said 200 then right. i went down to 130 he's in 170 170 credits that could be a lot of things but he's in his 80s most too, of right? that's going to be movies i think he is he is yes he's 85 and he's been at it for a long time. Uh, yes. Since at least mm. last year. Let's see what his first credit is. I, what's, what's the mm. shittiest movie that Michael Caine has ever been in? That oh, you've gosh, seen that's Powers impossible. Gold Member? Yeah, I, we, yeah, besides the Austin Powers movies. Well, pull up, his, pull up his MD. He was in a movie called Hell in Korea in 1956. That means he was 23. That was his first He's in that and piece of shit, The Prestige. Right from the beginning, <laughs> he was in a ton of stuff. He was in like four things in 1956 alone. Wow. 
Uh, All I'm saying is that I don't in, think he's was in, he in terrible was he shape. In a, was it Jaws 3 or Jaws 4? It was Jaws 4, he right? Was in, he was in one of the Jaws. Yeah. Like the, mm. the awful Jaws. That's, one of, that's yeah. one of the ones that's one of his worst, for sure. Is Italian, like, he wasn't in a whole lot of terrible things. Let's see. Hannah, he was in all those Woody Allen movies. Jaws the Revenge is the one that he was in. Yeah, that was uh, without a clue. That was, was Jaws delightful. Four, right? Jaws Four yeah. was the uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Two point nine on the IMDb. Jaws <laughs> <of> Revenge. <laughs> what was Noises Off? I remember that movie. Uh, Noises Off. Bogdanovich. That's right. Is John Ritter in that? I think yes. He was on On Deadly Ground. Okay, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're talking about we're talking about uh, Michael Keaton. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we somehow jump. We you know what? about Michael Caine. You know what? Let's also include the Cider House rules in this, too. Um, okay, so Michael Caine was in Sherlock Gnomes. Yep. You know what? Here's another bad one. Quills. Oh, hold on. Is that the one with Now Jeffrey You Rush? See Me? That, yes. The Marquis Now You Desaad. See Me too? Sorry. The uh, Quills movie was about Marquis Desaad. You hated that? Jeffrey Rush? It was terrible. I didn't hate it. Oh, oh! We've got both the both the Now You See Me movies. Yes, we've got Going in Style, which I've seen and is terrible. That's the one Last of Witch Hunter. That uh, that's a Vin oh, Diesel joint. Oh. You forgot all about that. See, you just skipped all of them when you went down in the middle of his career. <laughs> I guess so. a lot of the crap. Quills has, been has a seven point three. What did I watch? You may be like caught up on the shit smearing scene. Cars two. I'm not done ragging on Michael Caine, by the way. <laughs> you guys can keep having that conversation. I'll just stand over here he shouting, isn't. Journey to the Mysterious Island? I don't think it was just the shit smearing. I mean, it was. it's not a great movie. No Meal and but Juliet. But it's 7.3. There's a Is lot Kate of people. Winslet in that, too? Yeah. I, I thought it was fine. Children uh, of Men, there's I, a piece what of I, shit. What did I hate so much about I've seen. I saw it when it came out. He's in yeah. Bewitched. Bewitched is not Oh, Bewitched good. is a good one. <laughs> Miss Congeniality is another one. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Austin Powers, Dunkirk. Yeah, <laughs> Dunkirk. Get Carter, piece of shit. Did you ever see that? Yes. Ooh. You're talking about the Stallone remake. Yes, the original with Michael Caine, also. But Michael Caine. Oh, you didn't like the it? original either? No, I haven't seen that one. The I meant, original is good. I meant he's in both. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's just a, uh, maybe what it is is the older somebody gets, the less filter they have. De Niro's been doing this a lot. I, know, I, I don't think it's as egregious as my uh, Michael Caine is doing it as egregiously as. De Niro, though. Some, oh. some actors have... I don't know about De Niro. Uh, some actors have that idea that I've constantly got to be working. Mm. Like, I can't turn stuff down just because um, I, my artistic integrity, quote-unquote, can't bear it. Mm. Um, and I see that a lot in some of these actors. Like, you can see this, like, in Donald Gleason, who's in everything. Mm -hmm. And, of course, his father is in everything. Mm -hmm. And, like... Gary Oldman is like this, too, recently. I saw him in The Hitman's Bodyguard. Have you seen that? No, Ooh. I haven't seen that. He's no. playing Gary Oldman as a... I think he's a Russian or Belarusian, like, uh, like uh, terrorist who knows all the angles and all that bullshit. Uh, but um i think there's some actors out there I, I i think i've actually heard them spout this philosophy that that you don't know when you're going to stop working so you just go ahead and and take anything because i might do that if i were an actor i would mm -hmm. probably just say like you well, know what i'm not gonna like spend four months just sitting around waiting for that's the, the other thing is over. that we have to remember <laughs> these are just people right so my neighbor god love him who mows my lawn 
Uh, he retired about a year ago, and mm-hmm. it's very evident to me that he's completely stir-crazy. He mowed my lawn about every two and a half days all summer long. <laughs> he stopped wearing shirts, uh, but he, he would just mill about. Like, he doesn't know what to do with himself because he's got 40, 45 years of going to work and doing this thing. And so for some people, it's, it's as much a part of keeping their mind active, right, mm-hmm. as opposed to just going crazy or getting depressed, being lonely. Yeah. Uh, I just think there's a lot of reasons. That, and, you know, I'm making fun, but obviously if Michael Caine walked in here, I would start sucking his dick immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging yeah. him. And just go right ahead. But that's, I think that's the reason why Clint Eastwood comes out with a movie almost every year. Yep. Woody Allen comes out with a movie almost every year. Sidney Lumet there for a while was mm. doing that. Um, I think it's just a matter of, enjoying the work it has nothing to do with is this movie going to be good or not i think some actors may have this this idea that if i'm in too many turkeys that i won't get hired or whatever but that's really only a philosophy for taylor kitsch no (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're probably one of those health nuts huh yeah go fuck yourself (laughs) yeah go fuck yourself